now broadcasting from the Next Gen Conservative Studio in sunny South Florida. Bringing you the latest in politics, current events, and pop culture. This is the Whitfield Report with Sam Whitfield. All righty, folks. Welcome to the Whitfield Report Monday edition. Um, we usually don't do live shows on Monday, but we're doing things a little differently this week because um, we're going got to big be, things going on. <laughs> we're going to be having uh, we're going to be having Kurt Doolittle on the program on Wednesday, but that will be pre-recorded because he prefers that we do it that way. So we're going to honor the guest uh, wishes. So. And so for that reason alone, I figured I would give you a live show today. And I know it's kind of impromptu, um, but nevertheless, we're live on uh, Odyssey and I think Rumble, but uh, I'm not really sure because uh, Rumble's back end is still glitchy and you can't tell. Uh, a little, but, little jank, just a little jank. Yeah. But uh, regardless, the replay will be available on both places and, of course, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. Um, we thank you for subbing wherever you're watching and or listening. Uh, joining me today is uh, Max Sand, regular at this point. It was six months ago, though, Max. I just looked this up when you were first on the show to basically shoot the shit with Akaba and I and discuss oh, yeah. your uh your broadcasting career. So yeah, yeah. I you know shout out to Akaba. You know, I know that uh I know that a lot of people want to tase him. Um you know I'm I'm for it. I think he, I think I think he could monetize that to be honest with you. Uh I asked him for a recommendation because like I'm not a weeb, right? But people keep telling me like JRPGs are good, and he's like the only weeb I know. So I was like, "What's a good JRPG?" And he's like, "Get this random Japanese PlayStation One game from 1998." And I'm like, "Ah, I was looking for something a little more modern, just just a little." <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I've actually, I I would, but he he has basically like his whole thing with Racing Lagoon. He's very persistent about his love of racing Lagoon to the point where, like, I've actually like looked up on YouTube and like watched videos on it, and I can see why he likes it, but like, I don't, I'm not interested in that enough in it to go play it myself. But well, um, then I had to go on my own and try and figure it out, and I played a couple of them, and I realized that Jap. Weeb shit is just weird and probably not for me most of the time. Well, well, the thing it is, is he uh, like he used to be like, I'm not a weeb. I'm I'm like half Mexican, and uh, I and eventually I think the coin merchant and I were just like leaning into it. So he has. So, but we're not here to uh, you know to talk about gaming uh, today at least, but. Um, so some interesting news has broken and, uh, judging Seems from be a, a person or two talking about it, right? Just, just a yeah. couple people. Um, 
if there's one thing, I mean, I think Max and I have a lot in common, but if there's one thing that we definitely have in common that not a lot of other streamers have, it's that unlike the rest of the commentators out there these days, uh, Max and I are anti-Doomer. Um, and the, the Doomers, uh, just to cut to the quick, are saying that... Uh, the entire banking system is going to fail uh, and that basically the, the 2008 recession is happening all over again, but it's worse. And uh, this is going to lead to like the second great depression and somehow, somehow the apocalypse is tied to this, according to some random Twitter people. I don't know. Right. So let's, let's get right off the jump with that one. Uh, so, so the uh, New York Stock Exchange has closed. So we have closing numbers for the day. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average has plummeted a staggering 0.8%. That's wow. 0.8%. Uh, not much of a crash on that regard. However, we have seen a couple of banks uh, declare themselves insolvent. And uh, and try and get bailouts. Uh, we've seen the what is it? The uh, Silicon Valley Bank, which I mean, that's an interesting thing. I can get into like why that bank in particular, if you want, because it's not what a lot of people would think. Um, it's not like they were just um, you know screwing over normal people. The thing is, is what is a bank's primary function besides holding money for you? Do you know? Um, I think re regular. I think it's like regulating currency or something. If I'm, if I'm not, I'm um, not not for a bank so much as it's uh investment, right? Uh, credit specifically, credit. So if you're a bank and uh you're not loaning your money out, that means you're sitting on it. And so when you think about the Silicon Valley Bank, what's unique about that? It's the Silicon Valley Bank, right? Uh, obviously the people using that bank um most of them don't need exactly a fucking loan they're kind of rolling in dough so rather than uh try and make their you know interest and everything back on loans they decided that they were going to just play the stock market more like a mutual fund and there's, there's a couple other kinks in this that we can talk to as to why it might have gone this direction. But essentially, mismanaged their funds, made a lot of really, really bad investments on behalf of their their uh, uh, clients, you know, the people whose money was in the bank, and um, weren't making a lot of loans. And that is not a way for a bank to remain solvent. And so we saw it. And then, of course, the news that a bank had gone under immediately makes people uneasy, especially with the state of the economy. And so we have seen, I believe there's there's three banks that are either uh, closing or are on the on the kind of cusp of it. And uh, it's all for the same reason, but none more than Silicon Valley Bank, because they were not acting as a normal bank. They were kind of acting more in the kind of capacity of a trade a day trader on your behalf if that makes sense uh did i explain right. that okay yeah yeah you you pretty you pretty much did 
Because so, the, the, the reality is a lot of this shit is like extremely fucking artistic and like detail oriented and boring. So I'm trying to give it to like I want I want the average person who watches this to understand what has happened here and why. Yeah, and you 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 did a pretty good job. The the other thing that I keep hearing, uh, and I was just checking the stream status but um we are live on rumble too i guess so welcome to everyone there but um i i keep seeing that this is tied to the whole sam bankman freed uh you know scandal and some people are saying that that's why that it's the... completely removed from it um but it's it's uh it's tough to say that that's a cause of it as, as more of a contributing factor. So they were doing a very similar kind of um, investing in crypto, obviously, as you know, and uh, they were acting in a very similar manner. I believe money went through uh, Silicon Valley bank from the FTX thing. Um, yeah. So there, there is like, they're, they're tied together to, to no uh, surprise of anyone. Uh, however, the cause of it seems to be more an internal culture at Silicon Valley Bank, who being from Silicon Valley, as you might expect, were very proud of their diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. And uh, many of the top uh, executives making these decisions, particularly there's been a, a woman going around on social media who her job is literally the uh, risk assessment officer at the company. But then you read her profile and it's basically... I'm black, I'm gay, or whatever it was. She's she's the thing. She has her pronouns and all of that. And this is the person in charge of managing the risks of that bank. She was a diversity hire. Now, she's qualified. I'm not going to say she's not qualified, but I am going to say that she and the company, the, the bank itself, focused so heavily on diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives that I would make the argument that they did not get the best people in place for the job to manage the risks. And I think that the results bear that out, that now this, this bank is completely like done for. Yeah, um, for sure. So it, yeah, it was, so it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, you know, the, the bankman freed thing that fucked him over. It was all these diversity initiatives that, that, Am I understanding? I think a solid case right? could be made for that. Yes. Uh, I, I can't say like definitively that's why these decisions were made. Sure. But it does uh, like where there's smoke, maybe there's fire kind of thing. Um, yeah. And again, what really at the end of the day, what really did them in wasn't political at all. It was their clientele was rich uh, tech tycoons from Silicon Valley. And those kind of people don't take a lot of loans. And so rather than opening up to maybe the community that they lived in more or trying to get people, you know, on the lower end of the income scale and do loans to them, because loans is the best way for your bank to make money. It's free money, essentially. If you did, if you don't understand, yeah. you know, the, the loan on the bank's end is insured if you don't pay it back. Right. They do have to go through hoops. They do have to go to court and things like that, but they can get reimbursed if you don't pay the loan back and then it gets sent to a collections agency or things like that. Um, but it, it, the whole time they're also not only going to get paid back the principal loan that you took, they're going to get paid back 
in interest as well by the government. So there's no real downside for a bank to make loans. It just seems like they were dealing with such large quantities of cash and that they had so few people willing to do loans that they were like, oh, well, we can just start uh, just start playing the stock market. Let's uh, grab a, a couple of mutual funds and and uh, let's let's find some hedge funds that we can throw money in. Uh, and, and FTX was one of those failed ventures for sure. That's why they're tied together. Um, the money went through Silicon Valley Bank in a lot of cases, not all the cases. Uh, certainly there's a lot in like the Bermuda area and in some other like the Cayman Islands and stuff because they're a bunch of shady bastards trying to avoid taxes. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, this bank made bad financial decisions and they do not deserve to be bailed out. And as a matter of fact, bailing them out is probably the worst thing that you could do for the economy because you need to let the, t so the, uh, a flip, why are the banks pushing this now is is the question and i actually yeah. have i have a good solid theory on this um because this happens about every 15 years or so and the banks have decided that uh they don't like the interest rate hike at the federal reserve that just went down and went up by five points which is is a lot but i am uh, i'm actually really gung-ho i think they need to go up another five or ten points like uh, the interest rate is so low that it's not in line with even inflation, let alone uh, fucking the ability to profit off it. But that's a that's a side tangent. I, there's so much information here. I'm trying to kind of compartmentalize and not ramble. So what's going on is the banks have seen this as a weakness in the system. They're rehashing 2008. They're saying. We don't like these heights, hikes, and if you don't reverse those hikes, they're trying to bully the Fed, essentially. If you don't reverse those hikes, we're all going to go out of business. And of course, that news scares the absolute shit out of normal people, which is exactly what it's designed to do. Right. They did this intentionally so that they can grift off the government, try and bully the Fed into lowering uh, interest rates, as well as get some bailout money for free. And that's what this is all about. It's a grift and we shouldn't be bailing them out. And in the process of all that, there's another thing uh, called toxic assets. And they have lots and lots of toxic assets in some of these banks. What that means in a nutshell is essentially, let's say it's the, it's the downside of giving loans, right? Let's say that you gave a loan to me for $500, right? And um, you knew when you made that loan, the odds of me paying you back in full and on time and reasonably was really, really low, right? And now it's come up and I haven't paid. And you know that uh, fairly soon, you're going to actually have to take this to collections. You're going to have to go through all these legal paperwork things. You're going to have to hire a collections agency. You're going to have to have them hunt me down to, to pay you back this money, right? And that's actually a lot of fucking... So what happens is these collection agencies buy up those assets for way less than they're worth because they know they're toxic too. So they're trying to reshuffle all these toxic assets and, and push them out of the system so they don't have to deal with the repercussions of the bad decisions that they have made. And they're trying to pass it off via a bailout to the taxpayer. And I hope that explains it. That's the best I can probably... Yeah, isn't that... Uh, I mean, because I was around for like 
the the funny thing of it is is i kind of started like my political slash podcasting career doing the during the 2008 financial crisis so i remember um you know some of that but essentially and i i guess and they did all that back then too they did the toxic asset swap um, which is like like fanny and freddie that's the whole reason fanny and freddie went under yeah exactly they buckled under the weight of all these toxic assets from the subprime mortgages my parents were a subprime mortgage and uh and eventually lost the house because that's why we shouldn't have been doing subprime mortgages to begin with. Yeah. So I, 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 and I remember that. And so I, I guess my question and you just kind of answered it was, so I, you know, I guess that's what, I guess that's why people are comparing this to the, the 2008 financial. Both of them are a series of bad decisions by the banks, which is being kind of whitewashed over, as oh there was nothing we could do it's just you know it's just the market it's not just the market it, it, they're right. throwing a temper tantrum because the rates got raised and while that happened this one bank was like mentally deficient and did a whole bunch of really stupid things and went out of business and they used that to try and convince the populace that they need bailouts again and i i actually think it's not like you can't sell bailouts to normies, even the left, right? Because no. the left will just say you can bail out, but I can't get free health care or whatever, right? Like they're not going to buy it either. I don't, I don't know who they're trying to sell the bailout idea to aside from the Biden admin itself. And it seems that they have already kind of uh, agreed to it, unfortunately. Well, our, let, let, me, uh, let me ask you this, though. Are you surprised? Because, I mean, no. what was... <laughs> Not oh, even slightly. Yeah. Oh. Well, the the fun the the thing it is it, um, was like I remember, like I actually, I never brought this up on the show, but I uh, I do read the Wall Street Journal uh, a bit, and they do have some good podcasts, and they they did a whole. Uh, there was a. They do like a they do like a daily morning show, and I remember one of the one of the shows that they did right before uh, right before Biden took office was they did a profile piece in this podcast on Janet Yellen. Now, right. Janet Yellen, from my recollection, she was for 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 those that don't know, former uh, Fed chair, now Treasury Secretary under the Biden administration. Go right. Ahead. Sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I no, no, I, I, I important. Uh, I, I appreciate that. But yeah, I, current I remember... Fed chair is Jerome Powell, who was a Trump appointee. Um, I, I have mixed feelings on Jerome. Uh, he is prone to raising rates, though, and so I do kind of like him because I'm a, I'm, I'm a big gung ho. The, the rate should reflect the actual interest rate, not, you know, what they wish it was. <laughs> Especially From, after we we did almost ten years of quantitative easing, my the thing I remember about Janet Yellen though was like in that I remember, I remember I remember reading a piece in National Review about her ba- basically back back when Je- before General Goldberg lost his lost his fucking mind over Trump, uh, back when I used to respect General. Goldberg, he basically wrote a piece on her like 15 years ago saying, wait, isn't she another, uh, you know, isn't she just another Wall Street crony 
uh, you know, crony herself. And I, so why I is would she say she's worse? So, okay. Yeah. We'll go back. We'll go back a few. We, we got Greenblatt. Um, I, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't good. He was just there. Right. Uh, then you moved into Bernanke, right? Uh, uh, you know, Obama guy, quantitative easing, right? Just, just nonstop. First, it was oh QE one, then QE. For for those that don't know, quantitative easing means printing ridiculously large amounts of money and giving them to banks instead of a bailout. And if what I just said sounds a lot like it would cause inflation, remember yeah. that the next time you go to the goddamn grocery store or the gas pump, because that yes, you're correct if you thought that. So, uh, that was Bernanke. I believe that was Bernanke. I'm, uh, and Janet Yellen came in and she continued exactly as he did uh, right until Trump uh, called for her removal, which the president does have a right to do, and replaced her with Jerome Powell. And so Jerome Powell has seen this previous because this is important to, you know, the whole story. I, I know it's I know it's a lot and we're no, no. getting into the weeds but um, that's she, what we do on this podcast. So she had, like I said, close to 10, maybe 15 years worth of quantitative easing. Eventually, they just called it QE Unlimited, right? And they were just printing unlimited money under uh, Bush, which led to the 2008 collapse in, in large part. And then they did it again under Obama uh, because we had already rebounded from that 2008 collapse to a large degree. We didn't see this inflation. And then Trump had policies in place uh cutting regulations uh energy policies things like that that in immigration as well that made these things less uh of an issue during the trump administration but you notice almost to the day when biden took office we're seeing it trickle in almost overnight it's yeah. not an accident. It's not a coincidence. And it is all directly due to Joe Biden's policy proposals, or at least his administration, if you don't think he's doing it himself. Well, one of the one of the starkest examples that I always that I always give to like my Uber normie friends about the, you know, about inflation right now is uh you know, the price of if you went to McDonald's a year and a half ago. Uh, and I, and I know this because when I was in college, I would go to McDonald's a lot for convenience. But you used to be able to get a Coke for for a dollar flat, uh, and like a quarter pounder was only like a, a meal was only like seven ninety nine. Now, uh, well, I mean McDonald's, McDonald's did raise their minimum wage so i i grant that with mcdonald's in particular that had an effect too which which is but, also but, part of all this inflation by the way yeah but now like uh like i went to mcdonald's i think uh over the weekend and a large coke just by itself cost two dollars and nine and uh 19 cents yeah, uh, so that's uh, that's what a regular meal, hundred and twenty percent increase. Yeah, a regular meal without the coupon code that you can get on the app costs like ten dollars. It's literally cheaper for me to go to the mom and pop uh, sandwich shop. In a lot of cases, to... it's cheaper now to go to Chick Fil A. When would we ever think that would be the case? 
Right. Yeah. And yeah. It, it really yeah. does hit home. And, and this is the thing you get the talking heads, you know, and some of them understand, like I, I'm a big Larry Cutlow Mark, uh, you know, I, I, uh, yeah. I do watch a lot of econ stuff and like you get this on the, uh, the talking heads. Uh, they don't really understand the plight of normal people um, because they're so focused on looking at numbers in the abstract. And, um, but man, when you go to that grocery store and you see a $10 dozen of eggs, yes, I know it's not, that's not just inflation, right? But that too will inflate the prices of everything else because anything now made with eggs is also more expensive, well, which that... is like everything. <laughs> well, and that's why people, people think that we're crazy. You know, people, people were laughing at us a few years ago because we, I mean, I've always had chickens since I've mm -hmm. grown up, and this is one of the reasons why, because it's cheaper to own chickens than, and better when for eggs, you, too. When eggs were like $2 for like 18 right? Uh, everybody kind of thought, oh, wow, it's so stupid. Why do you own a chicken? Like, you're saving yourself pennies, right? Yeah, not so fucking... <laughs> true now is it yeah uh yeah no that's that's definitely that's definitely the case so yeah i mean i i think with a lot of this econ stuff like i i do understand it to a certain extent but i think a lot of people do get lost in a lot of the jargon and uh, that's intentional like it, it yeah on the well it's it's both intentional in sort of a consequence of kind of the the nature of economics because one it's not technically a hard science it, is, it no. is a soft science there's some psychology involved um and there are there there's determinate variables like human action which uh, i highly recommend if you want to get into economics uh start by looking into well basic economics by thomas Sowell is like the first one uh, but also human action by Ludwig von Mises. Yeah. Um, because it explains this, this problem that they have, uh, why central planning is bad. Essentially central planning is bad because the, we have an information gap and scarcity is real. Right. So, so because of those two things, communism, socialism can never work and will never work in a long-term functional right. scenario because what happens is, uh, I plan everything out. Right. And then uh, you get a guy, uh, let's, let's, you know, I'll just pick a random name. You get a guy called Agent Dip, right? And Agent Dip, is, he fucks things up and does crazy stuff, right? And you can't really predict what he's going to do until he does it. And then you have to react to it. That is uh, the principle of human action is that you can't predict nor prepare for the crazy, stupid shit. Also, the genius and amazing things that humans will do because we are so unpredictable. Right. And it, again, it's an information gap as well as the scarcity thing. Now they'll say, well, if we ever create a uh, let me give you a hypothetical here for a second, Sammy. You'll like this one. If we created a matter replicator that could just make anything out of thin air, not even a 3D printer, just you're going to make, you know, matter out of nothing. Would that solve the problem of scarcity? No, not necessarily. 
do you know the one thing that will always be scarce no matter what happens? This is my favorite economics thing because nobody nobody knows. And then when I say it, they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, obviously. Uh, what? Nah, not water. Uh, it's more abstract. That's my hint. Supplies. Time. You only have so many hours on this earth. You only oh, have so yeah. many hours in a day. And so you can only dedicate so much to any one thing. And because of that, there is a scarcity of your time that can that you can never bridge that gap. Even if you if you made you immortal, there's still only so many hours in a day. You can only do so many things at once. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I would and I would also say relating to that, uh, inform information is also scarce because there's also only so true. much information. There's there's only so much information that the human brain can process. Uh, yeah. Too. That is a good answer. I will definitely accept that. And and it, it, that's the thing is there are abstractions that will always be scarce. Even if you were able to just like make water out of thin air and make fucking make a juicy T-bone steak, right? All of that just out of nothing still does not negate the problems uh, uh, with central planning, essentially. And uh, I hate to get so base level on it, but I'm an econ spurt. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> no, uh, you know, I think it's I think it's great. Although apparently someone doesn't like it because we got one down vote on odyssey but eh, who cares um so what do you think so obviously you and i both agree that they shouldn't be be bailed out but what do you think is going to to happen uh they're I, gonna be know, bailed out <laughs> yeah that's and, i mean the the problem is is that because of 2008 and the way things went there, uh, yeah, the Biden administration can basically do this without Congress at all. So they're going to. I I, I mean, they're yeah. just not going to let these these banks die. They're going to let them purge out, like I say, the toxic assets, which is that you have to understand to the banks. That's the most important thing in all of this is they want to get rid of the bad loans, which they should never have given in the first place sound familiar like 2008 all over again yeah but that's that's what it is and they want to get rid of these get them sell them what they do is they let's say i took a loan shmuley took a loan and you're the loaner right and we've both defaulted on it well you're gonna what you're gonna do is you're gonna bundle us together and sell it to these collection agencies for cheap Right, so you're going to make some of your initial money back, and then you're also going to seek the rest of it from insurance from the government. That's you as the bank, right? And then right. what you're going to do with the debt that me and Shmuley owe you is you're going to bundle us together. Let's say I owe you 500, he owes you 500. You're going to sell it to them for 900, and then you're going to go to the government and claim on your insurance a loss of 150 or so, or 200 or whatever the interest might be, and again your money back these banks are going to get money on loans that are going to be defaulted on by the person that took them and be protected from the failure of their own bad decisions so i, yeah. I don't know 
do I think do I think more banks are going to go under? Yeah, because they all want a piece of that bailout money. <laughs> well, well, also, and this is kind of pulling on a on like a long ass thread here. So bear with me, but we're sending money and resources over to Ukraine, which as far as I'm concerned, and I, I can say this now because I'm not on YouTube. Uh, apparently criticism of Ukraine is now uh, penal is now a penalizable thing on YouTube now too. I just found that out today, but um I mean, in my in my mind, we have no we have no business sending money or resources uh, over there, even. But what I was going to say is, we're still sending money over to uh, to Ukraine while our own financial system is well, because because collapsing. when you I that sounds really good in theory, but here's here's the problem. I'm going to try and explain this best way possible. So what Joe Biden did today was say that they are going to insure all deposits now the fdic insures any deposit this is important too for anybody listening this is really important to you personally okay any bank account with less than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars is completely insured you will not have your money taken from you okay that that is a fact what he did though is he said See, originally the cap was one hundred thousand, right? And then two thousand eight happened, and they upped it to two hundred and fifty thousand. Partially inflation, uh, some other reasons. Um, so now it's two hundred and fifty. Or until yesterday, it was two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's the most money you could have in the bank that the government will give back to you. You know, in in case the bank goes out of business. Now that number is unlimited. This means that the government has now committed to $7 trillion in unfunded liabilities. Just to, to be very clear, the total money we've sent to Ukraine is less than a trillion. $7 trillion in unfunded liabilities, and it, it could essentially be infinite. We don't, we don't actually know all of the money in all of the bank accounts that could possibly uh, go, go tits up. But um, this is the this is the largest commitment to spending in U.S. history. Just do you to think, be clear, do you think that was Joe's actual decision, or do you think that this was someone? Because I mean, again, the man has fucking Al Alzheimer's. It could is, be. It, 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 it could be him, um, because this is the kind of shit that he would know. Uh, specifically from being there as vice president in 2008. Because, um, yes, he is he's out of it. But I watch a lot of Biden talking, and he's not as out of it as you might think, in, in my opinion. Uh, he does have policies that he pushes. And I think the green agenda stuff is because I think in his mind, you know, of course, Democrats have always been for, like, green this, green that since the 70s. But, but it's an easy win for him for his legacy. Right. And he knows it's really popular with the activists in his party. So that's why he goes all in on the green stuff. Um, so and I do think that comes from him. I think they just agree with him. Right. But I do think to, to, because he's made that a signature thing of his entire presidency. That's I don't what? think he's unaware of that. Right. I think he's involved in the decision. However, when it comes to this, 
I think he would have had multiple advisors tell him to bail them out because Democrats believe in bailouts because Democrats yeah. believe in spending unlimited money. What what I'm saying though is like ensuring unlimited amounts of money like that does like he might not be cog. I'm not saying he is. I'm saying he might be cognitively unaware. It's of- it, it's hard to say. I mean he he explained it pretty well. Uh, he was actually more cogent today than I'd seen him in a while. Um, but hey, he could have just had a script, or they could have just gone over it, and he took some. I don't know, but I do yeah. know that the uh, the administ because I just say Biden because it's an administration, and right? It's just yeah. Easier. But yeah, certainly he would have had the the left econ wonks in. He might have called up like Warren Buffett, like they. He definitely his administration got advised to do this. Um, because again, they think that you can just print money forever. That's like a fundamental premise of the Democratic Party. Yeah. So uh, for them, yeah, like un, you know, let's let's ensure unlimited money. Why not? The right? the the, mo- the modern Democrat Party, at least, because I I can yeah, tell sure. I I can tell you that like that if you go back to nineteen sixties. I mean, I know, I know it's kind of like a normie conservative thing to say now, but like, but JFK would be legit considered a right wing winger on some issues, but on the issue of spending money, he was a Democrat with the finest, right? He he wanted to spend all the money. I mean, this is the guy that funded our fucking trip to the moon, right? So he wasn't exactly like uh, opposed to spending unlimited amounts of money. (laughs) Right, but... But you have. But to that admit, that was the difference between yeah. '60s uh, Democrat Republican, right? It, it was more domestic and financial issues and like foreign policy disagreements than this like cultural ideological thing we see today. Yeah, I mean, well, and and going to the moon, as it turns out, actually turned out to be a worthwhile endeavor. I I believe, but that's all another. You know, well, yeah, but it's certainly it certainly hasn't paid for itself, you know. No, um, it, it might in term, it, like it might. Uh, I could see a scenario where, like, in a fucking hundred and fifty years, we got a moon base set up with all the the rockets to launch, so that we can go mine some gold off of asteroids or something. Like that's no. it could pay for itself, but so far, the moon landing, we did spend a lot of money, and the only thing you can really say is like, well, now we know it's real. And uh, it exists. And uh, of course, there are people that don't believe that. So then you have that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and some of that, some of them do listen to this program. And some of that, some of them were stuff that uh, I took a trip to the Kennedy. And that, that's why, that's why I'm saying like that, that the space shit was, was like cool at least. And we, yeah. we did we did get some amazing technology, but uh, yeah, I get. I guess my whole my whole thing though was like, even okay, yeah. So maybe maybe JFK was like a big spending liberal, but I guess compared to the, uh, well, I, if I if you know. put him in if it's, you put him in today's politics, he's uh, he's center right. Yeah, you're not yeah. wrong. Uh, well, it's, it's just like I say, there's plenty of uh, Republicans that love to fucking spend money, too. 
Oh yeah. Well, that, and that's why we get in these messes. This is one well, thing I've been pushing on about pork barrel spending. I've been teaching about it in my gilded for the last like two months. Well, well, and so, the, and that's why that's why I bring up Ukraine too, because obviously, war, wars are fucking expensive, and we're we're spending money on a war that we're not even fucking, and you know, at least I I hope we're not involved in yet. Um, at a certain point, at a certain point, we're spending so much money that it would actually be less costly to fight Russia. We're not at that point yet. I'm not saying we're at that point right now. I'm just saying if 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 it's about you know protecting the poor fucking Ukraine or whatever, we would actually stand to benefit ourselves more by just going in there and fighting Russia than we do by handing them unlimited amounts of money to fight a fucking war against a country that's like 10 times their size. Yeah. I I guess what I'm saying is it seems to me like uh Ukraine that like the war in Ukraine, I mean, there are lots of causes for our inflation, um, but Ukraine does seem to be one of them. Ukraine is going to be the cause of our inflation in two years. So, I mean, I, I hate to ask the simple question, but like, why is, why is everything uh, jacking up right now? Because it seems to me like, uh, Get it? Uh, the bank, the banks needed this collapse. Like I said, it's a grift. They needed the collapse to get bailouts. They needed to get rid of these toxic assets. They saw an opportunity, and they know that it's after the midterms, but before the general election. So have the bailout now. Have it now, so that in a year and a half or whenever, when we're talking about the fucking campaign trail stuff, it's going to be forgotten. And you, you bet your ass, it will too. By most normies. Yeah. Well. Well, here, here's what I know, and I, I, and I this, this is what even if the even if the economy gets worse, I just would add, addendum to that. Uh, most normies won't be blaming the bailout for it; they'll blame whatever the current thing is. Sorry, no, mo, mo. Here's, here's the, here's the frustrating, here's the frustrating thing, is, uh, I mean, at least they're honest with me, right? But I, I know normies who. Uh, like for, for a while now, people have said, oh, well, people will vote, people will vote for Trump over, uh, Biden because the economy is so shitty and maybe some of them will, but I am here to tell a lot of the audience that, that I am very, I'm very cynical of, of low tier normies at this point, because a lot of them will, a lot of them will still go. Well, hurt Trump's a meanie, hurt feelings, blah blah blah. Yeah, the the economy is the economy is shit, but and yeah, it might be. But those people, those to be fair and to give you a little hope, those people aren't like the swing voters. Swing voters, you you nailed it, are gonna more likely to vote for Trump on the economy if the economy is the number one issue. The problem is, and it's what you're describing here, is that there are a lot of people that don't necessarily think the economy is the number one issue. Maybe it doesn't hit them as hard as other people, et cetera, et cetera. There's a million reasons why that might be. It, it's not It's not even that. It, it's And look, I get it. Trump's, Trump's abrasive and people don't 
and people and some people don't like that. You and I don't fucking care because as if Biden's not right. Well, right. But that's the but that right. But that's the remember you know, uh, anybody's disrespectful in my administration. They're going to get fired day one. Why hasn't he fired himself yet? Well, yeah, I mean, point point remains point remains though that there there are people who are still butthurt about mean tweets from Trump, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, unfortunately, because we live in the world that we live in, I'd like to think that people are uh, that like at this point, even the people who hate, who hate Trump's personality would be like we're voting for him just because the economy sucks but people are so pussified these days that um i I don't but like i say i i don't think those are swing voters though i think those are yeah pretty if you look at swing voters um if the economy is the number one issue it's a landslide for trump and i mean we're the economy is the number one issue today, right? So I, and now the, the, the banks and all of this, I just think, I don't think that the Biden administration stands to improve things uh, in the next oh, two no. years. Oh, no. De- de- definitely not. I, I guess. I think they can stem the bleeding if they really try, though. And that's what to be concerned about on their end. Is if, if they can bring inflation down to like the five or six percent mark as opposed to the eight or nine percent it's at now depending on how you look at it I, uh, I, they might manage to make the economy not the number one issue yeah and that would vote well for the biden administration i'm coming from i'm coming from the perspective of i knew a lot of swing voters in 2020 who i i said to them uh, I said Biden's out of his mind. He has, you know, he has no idea where he even is in space half the time. If Biden wins, I get that you hate that you hate Trump's mean tweets or or whatnot. But if if Biden wins, the economy is is going to go to shit. And a, a lot of the swing voters, these aren't lefties. We're just like, yeah, it might go to shit, but. You know, Trump is just so abrasive and divisive. It, it's just so, and that—that's what I'm saying. Is like we're 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 there now, and I'm just I'm I'm hoping that you're right, and that a lot I of get that. Things- but I do think that there's a bit of anecdotalism there because if actually you look at the polling, uh, and obviously we're a year and a half out. Right? Yeah, the polling is what it is. Uh, particularly primary polling, which is not what I'm looking at. But if you look at heads up Trump versus Biden in everywhere they poll everywhere, even in blue states, surprisingly. Yeah. If the economy is the number one issue, Trump wins in a landslide, which is exactly the dynamic of uh, uh, Richard Nixon's landslide victory where he won 49 states. So uh, what do I think it will be that? No, because there are some states that would never go. Uh, red like New York and California, for example. Right, Massachusetts. Although we're Sa- more red than people think. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, same with same with Michigan. You you take yeah. you take you like my like my family, my dad's side of the family hails from northern Michigan, and minus my minus my dad's 
minus my father himself, everyone on my dad's side of the family is very conservative, which is funny. Um, funny enough, yeah, I lived in Detroit for a year. Uh, w- would not recommend. <laughs> no, but my my family. But Michigan's hails... beautiful, though. Oh yeah, it is. Nor- Northern Michigan, though, you take away. Northern Michigan is very conservative. You would right. you would think just you just don't go here, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, no. <laughs> if you're if you're looking at Michigan on a map and you're right around the base of your thumb, uh, get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> um. For yeah, yeah. I can I can vouch for that too. Um. I mean, you you take the point. Although and, shout out to the fucking McDonald's on Telegraph Road in Dearborn Heights that has classic car shows because that place is fucking baller. Oh yeah, very cool. <laughs> um, Sorry, yeah. I derailed everything. <laughs> no, uh, and also Tele- Telegraph Road is a banger song by Di- Dire Straits too, um, which is oh, where yeah. my br- which is where my brain just went but um no i love telegraph road because uh at night there was no speed limits and i i had at the oh, time yeah this was the early 2000s i had a 2003 brand new mustang and used to just do like 110 down the highway i once got passed by a cop doing like 90 and he just like looked at me <laughs> and he passed me uh, awesome now driving and, fast and... is fun but uh you know don't do it well, and I mean, the thing it is, is Michigan did go red in 2016. So maybe it's, maybe they're not that far gone, um, at least. Uh, I'm just, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm holding out hope that people will be smart and vote for Trump, uh, since he will probably be the pursuit the uh presumed nominee um uh but, chat yeah. chat just uh lr underscore grs have you guys ever heard about qfs if you mean uh the quantum financial systems the yes uh, i have anyway um uh which chat uh is that oh yeah odyssey um, sorry odyssey uh yeah i have heard of qs I have heard of uh, QFS. I haven't really looked into it that much, um, but I have heard of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess the other thing, and this does tie into the banking a bit, but, uh, you know, we're, we are getting into, uh, you know, primary season a bit. Uh, I think... Uh, you know, Trump is probably going to be the nominee at this point, mo- most likely. I do find interesting, though, that people are talking as DeSantis is going to, to face off against Trump. I think that's a bad, I, a bad idea. I don't think DeSantis wants to uh, necessarily run of his own volition, but I keep hearing, uh, you know, things like from the New York Post that he's supposedly going to announce on uh thursday uh but i wouldn't recommend it don't do it ron stay here uh but what's what's your whole take on the primary thus far we've got nikki haley uh mike pompeo 
some alt tech the guy. uh the uh i want to write a book club you mean yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they're none of them are are serious contenders and they all know it the only one besides trump who um could potentially be considered a serious contender is DeSantis? Although, if you look at the polling right now, it's not actually the case. Uh, Trump is handily beating him in every state that's run polling. I see that. Oh, uh, my possibly future protege just uh, joined us. The young, the young Shmuley just joined. Yeah, good to be jo- here. Joined us. How you? How are you doing tonight, Shmuley? Oh, I'm doing quite well. Doing quite well. I was just seeing uh, what Max was doing, and uh, there's econ spurging. And so, uh, yeah, I thought I'd hop in. Yeah, yeah. We, we went through the bank stuff already, and we were kind of moved fun. on to talking about primaries. And Max is Max just got a swat at I. <laughs> oh, oh wait. Oh wait, no, no, he didn't. He he's back. Um. Yeah, what happened there, huh? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, they're they're basically grifting, trying to get rid of toxic assets in com- yep. combination with getting bailouts. We've seen this before. Um, for the people expecting this to turn into like the collapse and they're going to live in uh, Fallout New Vegas or whatever they <laughs> think, I, I hate to break it to you, but the Dow Jones went down less than 1%. So... <laughs> Well, nah, I mean, probably I've not the case. It. I've been well, enjoying it. I, I, wa- I have been telling Max for so long that I want to uh, to have a readjustment in the tech market. I mean, these these uh, corporations that haven't never turned profit like Instagram and shit being valued at like billions of dollars while like actual manufacturers and shit are valued at like half even though they're they're earning more money every yeah, that's, quarter. That's true. And and when they look at the valuations, they claim it's uh purely intellectual property that, that makes it worth that value, but they don't make yeah. any like YouTube doesn't make any profit, but they're like, oh well it's important streaming service, so it's worth all this money. It's like no, it's actually worth negative money. No yeah. No, because I mean, you know it, because if you bought YouTube, right? If if some if Google if Google was like we're gonna sell YouTube, right? You would actually have to not only purchase it for whatever the price is, but then factor in all the fucking loss. Yep. And if, the cost and, to operate as well. And this is my exact point. And that that amount of like, well, we don't have to make money. We're just going to have billions of dollars pumped into us constantly has led to the kind of actions in that industry that we all despise. The sort yep. of just like blatant anti-consumerism the i hire a fucking army of people who have nothing better to do than be political fucking activists yeah well the thing i just don't get it i mentioned earlier too the diversity hires in particular the the risk manager at this uh silicon valley bank was a diversity hire she's literally in charge of risk that's probably yeah. an important position considering they're going bankrupt, but but we we don't yeah. have a problem with like plumbers and electricians and shit um spending all their time promoting political activism. All right. We don't have a big issue with that, do we? No. 
Well, no, I mean, we don't. I mean, the, the, the only time that these the only the only kind of like working class people that get political are when they're forced to like the truckers or whatever, or maybe they have a union and they go on a strike or whatever. But you know what I mean? That's true. Right. Working class guys, they don't want to talk politics. Most of them, like a good chunk of them. They just, not at work. They got yeah, not at work. at work. They don't they don't think of themselves as, oh, well, I'm an activist. Well, and especially if they're fucking blue collar motherfuckers, because then even at home, they're like, I just want to fucking relax. That's just yeah. stressful. I know so many guys like that. And like, I know, I know that for us, like politically activated people, that can be really frustrating. But you have to understand that that's the state of affairs. You look at the, the United States Revolution. It was only about less than 10 percent of the entire population involved on either side. Even yeah, I, well, I was. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that, like, the the it doesn't bother me because I don't believe that everybody should be focused on the same thing with task specialization. And I also don't think that this, like, idea of the, the like, people, the whole of the people waking up, man, and getting involved is, well, is some solution or realistic. That's the left's thing, right? Is like, you have to, there's no personal. It can only be political. And these people, this is why... The Marxists failed to rile the fucking white working class in America oh so long ago, right? It's That's not appealing to be political all the time. The white working class, and I am from the white working class, so I know damn well I've, I've uh, worked in uh, sand and gravel, construction, everything else when I was young. I know what it's like. And those guys don't want to talk about politics. Like you said, at work because they're too busy and then at home because they're too tired and when they're out with their friends because it's the only chance they get to go out and have a drink. And then it's like, when is there left to talk about politics? Well, there's not. Unless it gets so inconvenient to them that they have to. But you shouldn't root for that because again, we go back to the concept of human action. If you wake up the masses, there's no guarantee they're going to go for what you want. Right. Well, and and there are there are there are a couple of exam. The most prominent example I can think of this is even a lot of liberal, a lot of liberals I know who are pro LGBT are very much against uh, the the trans activists who are trying to force the shit on kids. And thankfully, people are drawing lines. Um, and and it's tough still though because if you draw that line you're now on the side of phobes right and no nobody well, like nobody likes to be called i know some people adopt racist or homophobe and word is badge but like literally in our society that is a sign of low status that's what right. that means that's why they yeah. use it as an attack nobody wants to be called low status nobody no well i mean Shmuley made so Shmuley made a tweet uh, this morning that I thought was pretty profound, and it's something I've kind of experienced. Um, where anyone who questions the woke narrative is suddenly called like uh, right wing, and I was telling Max before the the stream uh, started that if you go back to my show all the way back to the Block Talk Radio days. I used to be infamous for spurring out, admittedly, on Bill Maher clips and going on these screaming rants on a piece of shit Bill Maher was. But now, like, I've listened to... I do... Uh, I, I have always 
like listened and watched clips of Bill Maher, and I've gotten to the point where like I now kind of actually like Bill Maher because he's against like Bill has gone from far left to like more liberal. Well, Shmuley's got a theory on this. Actually, maybe he can talk about it. And his yeah. theory is is that the the neolibs, you know, the liberals who aren't actually like the woke commie activist types, uh, he thinks, and I think he's right. Uh, we need to bully them and say, no, you need to stand up to these people. Like Bill Maher, you need to stand up. Why aren't you? Right? Because you I don't believe it, in this fucking shit. And and sure enough, I, it works. <laughs> I think he is. I think he is starting to though because yes. He, well, what I say is that the uh, the the radical left wins, and the neolibs lose. I mean, like, I, I how did I phrase true. it? I think I phrased it a better way, but it's like on every single thing that these people have completely ran roughshod over them in their own institutions, and it's like, well, there's no conservatives in uh, college, right? You guys dominate that. You absolutely dominate that. You have the numbers, but yet you can't get um, – you're going to lose departments of like English literature and shit that you want like in Brown University because you can't stand up to these activists because they turn around and screw you over. And you all sit there one by one letting them pick you off, right? Yeah. And, it, and letting them that. piss, letting them piss on everything you believe in, because again, oh, yeah. you don't want to be called low status, essentially. Yep. And and Shmuley and and Shmuley, I could be wrong. It, it, I could be thinking of someone else, but I I believe that you actually attend my alumni. Let's not uh, talk about that. Yeah, I don't. Uh, let's not let's not dox me. I heard but, I, I heard he went to Trump University. Well, we yeah. Um, but like I've heard I've heard from people it's gone woke compared to even when I was there, basically. Everything has. Everything yeah. has. Look, I mean the last fucking McDonald's years, has, right? <laughs> yeah. The last four, maybe four years, these people have really um linked all of the pieces together and introduced stuff at just such a sh shocking place. Diversity, equity, inclusion. Like, that was not a thing seven years ago. Okay? Maybe maybe in, like, literally at Harvard University. Or, but now... It was probably just diversity, right? And then they yeah. add... Because that's what they do. They add shit. It's and they have the acronym. And now all the NGOs, it's on the tongue of all the NGOs. It's on the tongue of all the corporate offices in Silicon Valley and, you know, wherever, Wall Street. Um, that's but, just how these people operate. But this crash, if we're going to call it that, it really isn't a crash. But if we're going to call it that... And, uh, you know, the layoffs of tens of thousands of big tech employees within the last couple months, not mm -hmm. not even including uh, Twitter and Elon Musk. Right. Because mm -hmm. you could say in the case of Elon Musk, maybe it was ideological. People will make that. I don't think it really was per se. I think he, it was a performance review. And also, he said, if you don't want to work for me, you don't fucking have to get the fuck out. I don't want you here anyway. But aside from that, Microsoft, 10,000 employees. Facebook, over 10,000 employees. Uh, fucking, uh, there, there were several others of these big tech companies because they hired all these diversity hires. And we've all seen the TikToks. This is like, 
my day at work, guys, and I get all this expensive lunch and I get blah, 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 blah. Those people fucking all gone across the tech industry. Maybe not all, but several fucking thousand of them are fucking gone. But so, so there's the, the turnaround is starting to happen at the corporate level. And I think that's important. Mm -hmm. the, the... Well, I, I want to just say that I don't think that this is disparate like dis disheartening in any way right like diversity equity inclusion as compared to just diversity or whatever th this is not a fundamentally new concept this is not some radical change from what they've believed for the last 20 years i think it's more cynical and transparent i think that their their uh acceleration into this stuff without actually being able to innovate and kind of flounder and not building some like Stalinist-esque state is their undoing eventually, right? I think we're ending it, we're, we're beginning an age which I have wanted where the system will become so transparently ridiculous and require you to repeat the, the mantras over and over again in order to get ahead so that it creates a generation of people who literally don't believe any of it. They're just things you say, and that's not cool. That will eventually fail because the system will keep you from, let's say, having genes, you know, like this, like the uh, com block, right? Hmm. And yeah. these young elites will turn around and say, fuck you, and actually rebel against the system. The thing is, though, is that the United States is the center of control for all of the elites in the world, as far as I can tell. They all come to college here. All the people protesting in Egypt or Iran, they're looking up to, like, Tumblr people in New York, right? They're all that same... You could say at, you could say there's a power base least. like equal and opposite coming from China, but yeah, at the most we're we're one faction and they're the other. I disagree because I the Chinese people send their kids over here True. to go to school in order to get that name, that Harvard on their thing. And in China, if you went to Harvard, they're gonna go, "Holy shit, you're cool." No, you make you make a fair point at that. Uh, there is certainly a tie like that uh, as well. Uh, the the people that were suing uh mm -hmm. some of the some of them you know getting discriminated against because they're asian or whatever uh some of them were chinese nationals mm -hmm. well the the funny thing about all this stuff about this diversity shit is it believe it or, believe it or not it hasn't helped me because i'm only i'm only crippled uh, right you fell off the stack right you you I, I would say when you were a kid you were probably like middle of the stack right like you could get a pass on some things because they'd be like oh poor but but now like crippled you're off the fuck you're not even on the stack right you and uh straight black men just well, fucking thrown off the stack but but look yeah you know if, if you were a young person, if you're going to be, let's say, a person growing up, you know, Generation Alpha, you're simply going to be non-binary or gay at the office because that's what you got to do or on mm -hmm. campus. And everybody's going to say, oh, well, I'm gay or I'm non-binary or I'm whatever. And cynically, they don't believe it, but they got to do it to get ahead. There, there, there is a truth to that. Also... 
when it comes to Gen Alpha, what I think that they fail to, a lot of people fail to understand is uh, one, Gen Alpha, in my experience, is based as fuck. Uh, but secondly, the reason for that is obvious, right? Remember when we were kids in school and there would be an assembly or something and we would all just like dare? Remember dare, guys? Oh, wow. All the kids loved dare and none of yeah. them grew up to do drugs, right? It's the same thing. They're all going to like, if anything, this might lead to worse because I could totally see a scenario where they're like, okay, kids, now we have to do Holocaust class. And the kids are all going to be like, huh, huh, we'll fuck huh. Jews. You know, like they're literally going to create like based little edgelords because kids don't, kids go hard, right? Yeah. I was never more edgy than when I was 13 years old, bro. Like it's not even a contest. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it is unintentional. It's, it's something that I kind of fear, but I mean, it's to me, I'm so like, what do you expect that yeah. that any kind of outcome like that doesn't actually bother me that much? It's just, what did you expect? And I love, I love the low political energy that these people have, man. Like really at the end of the day, I mean, they have all these institutions and they have these beliefs and they can put the banner up, but like, you really think this is going to be a multi-generational struggle going forward to maintain it that like people are going to willing to like live or die for, for like Joe Biden neoliberalism and uh, the ideals espoused by Harvard. I don't, I don't believe it. Especially kids, especially kids. That's what I'm saying. Because yeah. now the kids are sitting there, and there's this fucking cat lady telling them how to all be nice to each other, and you have to, you have to accept everybody as they are, and you have to recognize their differences, and da 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 da, all this fucking shit. And the kids, I could just see, like, I know this probably goes on in every middle school in America when they have that fucking meeting. Well, the kids in the back go, Haha, uh, yeah, it would be, it'd be a shame if we said the n word. You know what I mean, like. Because that's what kids do. Well, there there was well there was there was some of that going on when I was when even when even when I was a kid, right? Because mm-hmm. it just would have been aimed at different things, right? Well but if some cat lady walked into your fifth grade class and was lecturing you about diversity and talking about racism, you'd have fucking made fun of her too. So here so here's the so here's the thing with that is uh, when I was a kid, Columbine, Columbine, the Columbine massacre was still a recent thing, and so the whole idea behind like the bowling classes and like whatnot, what it was, we have to teach kids how to be nicer so that another Columbine doesn't happen. Right? That was that was the well-intentioned uh, right. thinking behind which all this. which doesn't address. You know the actual cause, well, which is that the jocks actually raped, raped Eric him. Harris. Yeah, yeah. It's not be nice. It's like, hey, maybe don't <laughs> so gang rape, rape people. Well, yeah. no. So you want to know what the you want to know what the real? Uh, it's not even that because yeah, it was. Well, it might. Well, it's certainly all I'm saying uh, is they well, were, no, like, that's well, not so, you can't just say oh be nice to gang rapists uh, right like. Uh, uh, yeah, well, hold on though, because the bigger... I guess you can, but it doesn't seem like it would be particularly effective. So 
here was here's the bigger issue with Columbine that just got in like that just got revealed publicly <laughs> in recent years was the big problem of why Columbine happened. It, it, it didn't really have anything to do with the jocks, and I've I've railed against this on my show too. Um, SSRIs. Ritalin. We have too many kids on SSRIs. Hold up, hold up. And- I'm not gonna say that that's not the case, but I do think it's a combination. Like you cannot discount the fact that the jocks gang raped the guy that inevitably walked into the school to shoot them, and he specifically targeted people that wore white hats. White sure. hats was what the jocks wore. So, like, yes, SSRIs. I think had a lot to do with it, but like, and again, the, my point being is like. Be nice wasn't going to work because if you look at the right. scenario, like you can't just say to the, hey, guys, you know, don't rape people because that's such a weird fucking scenario <laughs> that a bunch of jo- supposed jocks, chads or whatever would fucking gang rape a dude in the fucking locker room at school. Like when the fuck does this even happen? Right. And then and then when you think about it like that and then you think this is the guy that came back and shot up the school, you think. What did you what, expect? What, yeah, what, well, my, my overall point being is a lot of these violent, like, school Not that shoot- it's justified. I totally disavow. It's just a matter of if you kick a dog right, long enough, he'll right. bite you. Well, they my, went to the well, police. My, they did. Well, the other, the other point, the other point, though, being, I mean, that, that's true. But the, the other point being uh, is, like, a lot of these school shooters, in almost every case they'll have mental issues that have been documented well beforehand too. Or, right. Or if they don't have them documented beforehand, lo and behold, immediately they're diagnosed with something. And I don't think that's like a coincidence. I mean, it's not a coincidence. I don't think it's like a conspiracy. I think obviously, look, if you kill another human being in cold blood, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Period. End of story. So it's not shocking that they all have mental illness, but you did point out SSRIs is a big contributing factor. Prozac, Paxil, uh, Respiridol. um, There's so many uh, and and there's way more now. Lexapro and fucking all this other shit. Uh, And yeah, it's lo and behold, almost every one of them was on it. I think almost every one of them was on an SSRI. All the major ones that we would know of offhand anyway. Yeah, my point being is like it it was in there was this whole big thing when I was a kid and I'm maybe Shmuel is old Shmuel and I are close enough in age where he might remember this, but I remember I remember the big argument against like GTA uh Vice City back in the day was that like playing as a cartoonish mobster was going to somehow lead to the next co- combine. Yeah, that's. I mean, that goes back to even Mortal Kombat, right? Like they've yeah. been blaming video games, and of course, we have all the studies in the world that, that indicate that video games do not make you violent, right? That that is just absurd, right? All the science no. backs up the the exact opposite theory, um, and and it's it's interesting because if we applied the same logic that they apply to the video games and shooters, right? Well, they all uh, drink Coca-Cola. Maybe Coca-Cola makes you shooter. Why, why is that absurd? But the other one isn't. Well, it's because everybody's had a Coca-Cola and everybody right. knows. But, you know, it, it, it's 
I don't know. It's just insanely frustrating. <laughs> I, I just well, the, the other thing was meme memes were going to cause the like. I, I remember a few years ago, people were saying that Pepe memes were going to cause right. school shootings. Right, as as a Dungeons and Dragons guy and a heavy metal guy, I was told all my life that you know that oh the devil's gonna come fucking steal your soul and you know, all this fucking shit and you're gonna murder people because you like a, a, a tabletop role-playing game and some like like it's it's just too funny well that's true that's it is it is they were right what can i say you know i've killed all of those people because i played dungeons <laughs> and dragons well, that's that's why I have soldiers play Dungeons well, and Dragons. Well, you're. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell. I'll tell you what, Max. You're kill. You're killing it with a cringe copy house. That's the only killing you're doing. So, <laughs> trying, trying. That show, that show is that show is entertaining as fuck. So, but it's also somehow really still been on, on my mind. What's really been on my mind is the uh, the Twitter files. And how the boomer cons are like messing up the entire narrative by trying to look for some centralized, like the FBI strong armed the people at Twitter. This is what happened. This oh, is our narrative. Even oh, we're gonna no find a scapegoat. We're gonna find somebody to fucking put up there so it looks like we're goddamn doing something, but they're not. Yeah, well, it just it just pisses me off because why why would the politically motivated FBI have to strong arm the politically motivated people at Twitter? That's that's stupid. That's not how this works. Yeah, well, they they took a list, the list of people they give that's mixed in with people they were politically against with the criminals and the creeps and all the normal stuff and they sent that on the file on the same way that they send to like report pedos and the people at Twitter went through and fucking censored people and they knew what to do and they knew what was up and they knew the game. At no point did the FBI need to go, you're going to ban these people or else. Right. Well, right. Because that's not how fucking power works anyway. Well, thanks for bringing, thanks for bringing this up too, because this was actually going to be the next topic. Um, so Taco Carlson uh, released the January 6th, uh, more January 6th footage. And I, I love I love me some Tucker at points, but um, like I already knew that, you know, we I think everyone here knew that January 6th was fucking overblown. Uh, and. I said the day it happened, me and Shmuley were actually watching it and laughing our asses off because we were like, oh, look at all the fucking grifters trying to get social media clicks by going in the building. Because that's all it was. They yeah. had phones out, right? They weren't, they didn't have yeah. guns out. They were taking pictures and live streaming and all this fucking shit like a bunch of narcissists. That's what January 6th really was. It was the narcissistic grifters fucking trying to get attention for themselves. And and a lot of them did. And I know I have friends that would be upset by my take on that, but I stand by it. Which is what I've I've said is that, you know, when Trump gets in there, we should pardon everyone who wasn't live streaming it. Yeah, yeah. If if you didn't live stream or uh put up like pictures on Instagram of it, then then you get a pardon. Everybody else, yeah, fuck you. Well, 
Well, what what I'm saying though is like is the taco video. It doesn't really do anything because because for Sam, us it, Sam's gonna get comments about this episode now. <laughs> for for well for for us it just confirms that it's ridiculous, right? But yeah. for I mean that's that's the ultimate takeaway that we're saying. Like, but whatever that, you think about the people that went in there, the whole thing was a fucking circus. That's well, all. but but then but then the the people. The people who are screaming insurrection, insurrection, Trump, Trump is a traitor. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is this isn't going to change their opinion either. It's it's not no. like it's not like my it's not like my liberal dad is suddenly going to go, gee, I watch this footage from Tucker Carlson. And, and you know, son, you were right, you were right. Uh it was just a bunch of ridiculous uh, I'll put it like this. I don't think a lot of boomers are gonna change their mind. But I think that swing voter younger people, some of whom may even know a January 6th uh, detainee, um, are more likely to fucking kind of come around on that if they see, hey, wait, they really did let this? Specifically, the QAnon shaman. And for those that haven't seen it, I highly recommend watch the Tucker clip. Uh, give the guy a like because he, he did some good journalism here. But um, this, this clip shows uh, Chansley, I believe his name is, the QAnon shaman that everybody knows with the buffalo hat and all that shit, uh, being led around the whole building to multiple different doors by Capitol Police, multiple Capitol Police. Yeah. And they unlocked the door for him to get into the Senate chamber and led him there themselves. So when he got seen in the Senate chamber, that's the part we all saw, right? But we didn't see. And, and you know, Tucker claims that it was withheld from... Um, chansley's defense team i don't know if that's true or not his uh the state says that's not true but the state lies so who knows uh but what i do know is is from a non-legal perspective it certainly does look like they just let this guy in and and what he said happened is he said he had seen people sneaking around the building that's why the cops are leading him yeah and well, if, if that's true, then that man does not belong in prison at all, let alone for four years. And I stand by that. Also, hashtag uh, free, free Playboy to Beast. Hashtag free G Notes Justice. Hashtag uh, uh, free, free Mark Sterling. Hashtag uh, all these people that I know that are either in custody or facing cases from January 6th. Uh, like I said. I do think there was a there was a level of grift and narcissism involved in a lot of the people that went in there, but I don't oh, think sure. that equates to a goddamn federal crime. Well, and yeah, like, except maybe trespass. Like I'll give them that one, right? Yeah, like, I yeah, I don't think I don't think and this... anybody that destroyed property as well. If you destroyed property, you fucking deserve what you get. Yeah, I don't. Well, even well, even if you destroy property property though i think that's different from what i've been hearing which is this was a terrorist attack just right. like not and right no like, no some of these people went in there and they destroyed you know priceless fucking shit okay that's, that's yeah that's not cool they fucking they damaged the place there was graffiti the people that did that yeah they deserve destruction of property charges trespassing insurrection and sedition though come the fuck on you know but the people that believe it they're gonna believe it Regardless, we're, yeah. we're not, it, it's not a matter of 
facts or evidence at this point. They'll just accept the facts that support their side and reject everything else. So, and that's yeah. where we're at. And that, that's a frustrating feeling on our side of the aisle. I know like it, but it's, it's been this way for a very long time and I don't see it changing anytime soon. Uh, but, yeah. but you did mention the Bill Maher thing. And I like that because I do see kind of a realignment of like what the center of America is now. And it's entirely the far left's fault. Like they did this. Yeah. But it is much to our advantage. Whereas like I have more in common with, with somebody like Russell Brand, who I consider kind of on the left or, um, you know, you know, some of these, some of these centrists, even Bill Maher, I have more in common with Bill Maher um, economically. And in terms of like um, Bill Maher is a big manufacturing guy, even though he's a Democrat, I'm big on the manufacturing in America. Bill, Bill Maher has some positions that I can, that we could yeah. work. The thing is what's coming together as a coalition of people who are willing to fucking compromise and we need to get rid of the people on both fucking sides that aren't willing to fucking compromise. Because if you're not willing to compromise, then you're against America. I mean, to be to be fair, I have a few basic like policies that are are necessary, and that's what I push for. So those are the things that I would push. Hey, if you everybody give me does these, if you give me these, we will fucking make a deal somewhere, right? But, on something yeah, else. Normal politics is. This is non-negotiable. This is negotiable. What can we negotiate? Right? That's yeah. normal politics. Like I have my, uh, like, for example, a lot of uh, pro-lifers, it's non-negotiable to them. Right? And that, that is, but, but that doesn't mean that they aren't willing to negotiate on trade policy or foreign intervention or any other yep. fucking number of things. Yeah. And the fact that we can't have conversations with the left anymore I, I really want that to change because we need what? we need that populist centrist movement to really kind of uh, metastasize, I think, to really well, get past. I this. think my I think my recommendation of um, just avoiding talking to the uh, woke left yeah. instead talk to the, you know, so-called moderates or whatever and bully them and call them out for losing and not standing up for themselves Right. For for well, letting them for letting them cock you on a lot of things yes. as well. Yeah. Like, well, and and here's and here's the other thing, and this is this is one thing that I actually like agree with that I that Bill Maher uh, mentioned uh, recently when he was on when he was on Ben Shapiro's show was okay. So you have political wonks like you know Shmuley, Max, and I. We enjoy talking politics, right? But generally, like, you know, with your normal friends, like, people don't talk politics. And it, it, I want to get back to when I can go over to somebody's house and watch, like, a Sunday football game. And mm -hmm. it's not, like... And if politics gets mentioned at all, it's basically, fuck those guys in Washington. Like, that's how, this is the yeah, thing. Or, a lot of young people or, don't realize that's how the average American looked at politics 20 years ago, is is they were just like, fuck both of them. Or, yeah, or ba or basically, shut the fuck up, asshole. Let's watch, yeah, let's, let's just watch 
let's watch the game instead because of the whole uh you know kneeling thing and like everything has become political and it's and that's a tenet it's annoying of the far left yeah. like they need that because that's what creates discomfort and it's been effective for them this is why people kowtow to their whims on a lot of things is because you know they're just so fucking persistent and they have the ability to kind of um my god what are those fucking things uh the wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men or whatever they're like that right because what what they really are is a flat little fucking sheet but they know how to puff themselves up all big so oh look at these big fucking far left activists oh yeah they're over there fucking waving their arms around but really they're just a flat fucking sheet of paper there's 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 not as many of them as people fucking think well they're a the institutions that they're having control over are staffed by all people who share a lot of their moral foundations, right? Yeah. And so it's difficult to argue against people when they're literally their entire thing is appealing to your moral foundations. On what ground do you stand to go against them? And then second of all, they're all willing to turn on each other and not willing to unify to oppose them in any meaningful way. So there's no sense of unity amongst the people that oppose them. So like I said, they can divide and conquer. They're going to, they're going to cancel you. And 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 again, the other professor will do nothing. No one wants to be called low class. So yep, there is a point. And and a lot of people on the right have had this experience. And so they think it's so easy, but there's a point that most people get to where they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Call me racist. Call me low status. Cause again, that's exactly what that means. Um, but but if you haven't gotten to that point yet, I think a lot of people underestimate like how hard that is to to uh, internalize that no matter what you say, they're going to consider you a racist because these people know in their heart of hearts that they're good people. But to be fair, yeah, it, it it has also ama- amazed me, though, on that point, Max, how many just how many people like even celebrities are still willing to cuck themselves like uh like basically uh mark hamill fucking luke skywalker uh cucked himself because he apologized for not retweeting not commenting for liking a jk rowling uh tweet like a few months ago yeah i i yeah, I could see that. And, and they'll proselytize themselves for the fucking cause. And be, again, because you got to remember it's status, right? And so these celebrities, their entire stock and trade is status. Look what happens to people that come out as conservative, let alone anything more than that. But people that have like the most basic bitch, or even um, wow, Woody Harrelson, right? Woody Harrelson's an ANCAP and they flipped out on him. He's a lefty ANCAP at that. And he's yeah. lost. He went out and he did that rant about uh, the, the vaccine or whatever on Saturday Night Live, and they all fucking hate him now. All it takes is that one, you know, your low status. Yeah, and, and I mean, by and by the way, even even when Woody Harrelson, you know, was a big lefty, I I loved him uh, in Zombieland. I I have gone back and watched, uh, you know, Cheers. He's great. Uh, He's great on that. Like, well, he, I don't, he, he's, a, he's, he's a lefty and cap. So he's a little more tolerable because he just doesn't believe in the government at all. So like, I just put him in his own little bubble. Yeah. 
and he's he's managed to get away from all of this like backlash because he's been very open about his politics for many many years right yeah but but then he he touched on their sacred cow in the halls of power and so now he's low status Point. and that's that's why they do it because that one time of getting called low status can kill your fucking career yep yeah point uh, I, I guess my point is uh, is like i've never minded left-wing people in hollywood per se you know like i've always i rolled about some of their political statements but like for the most part i'm like okay i you know i don't agree with this person politically but you know i like i like them in xyz show or xyz movie but now it's just like all that has become like hyper i don't know it's become all it's all become like hyper focused in the last 10 years well they've been going after uh what's his face captain america there for like the better part of a decade because he won't say his politics out loud and they know he's christian so they just assume he's right wing and so oh, they hate him oh chris pratt yeah, yeah chris pratt um yeah no, and Chris, I, I don't think he is right wing. I think he's just I think he's, you know, center left or something. Like, I bet you. But he is Christian. Right. And that's enough for them to be like, ah, evil well, right winger. Well, Chris <laughs> Pratt. Um, well, Chris Pratt was willing to. He starred in a show called The Terminalist, which is written by Jack Carr, who's a Navy SEAL and one of my favorite one of my favorite novelists who i'm hoping to get onto the so the fact that you're like playing a character by some right wing and by the way i don't i don't even think jack carr is necessarily a right winger he's just a navy seal and so the left has automatically assumed that because he's a seal military equals uh you know right wing extremist obviously in their mind yeah yeah now to now to be fair uh Jack Carr's first novel is basically all about like a a marine who basically kills the entire deep state for killing his family and it's really fucking based. So yeah, they hate him for that. But uh yeah. But they Chris, have they have no evidence of Chris Pratt's actual politics, right? They're no. just they're just guessing. And they, it's it, they consider it a sin that he hides it from them at all. He wore a shirt to the gym, dude. They, it had the Gadsden flag on it. That's the other thing. I I think that more. <laughs> of these, you notice that celebrities are now coming out as libertarian, like Rob Schneider, Woody Harrelson, because that is a little less low status in Hollywood. They're still like, oh, you're a fucking, you know, you're a weirdo libertarian. <laughs> but like, they they're okay with you being a libertarian in Hollywood. You cannot be a conservative. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it, it's to be expected. Although I, I, I'll tell you this: if Rob Schneider is as open and vocal about his libertarianism as he is, and he goes on Fox News and all this shit, I guarantee you, Adam Sandler and everybody in that camp is fucking of similar mindset, guaranteed. Well, just, I mean, I'm just not. I'm just not totally on board with like you guys kind of decrying this stuff. I mean, this is the outcome that I sort of want. Like, I like baiting my enemies into hazard i mean this is this is this is the great thing about having elected donald trump and why we need him back in there i mean the the overreaction 
their fanaticism that he inspires in them leads them into doing things that just is dumb long term. True. And the tide has started yeah. to turn against wokeness and, that and so exacerbate that. Yes. And so yeah. this is exactly why, why we have to do that. We have to instill in these people enough fear that they're just, they just can't help themselves. So you have to entice your enemy into doing dumb stuff. And I'm, that's the greatest outcome. I mean, otherwise, like, yeah, he's, he's dumb stuff like this... dumb stuff like going out of their way to try and support DeSantis, even though if he were to beat Trump the next day, they would be calling him a Nazi. You mean stuff like that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you you can say what you want about Ron DeSantis. And, and I, I have some uh, reservations about the people supporting him, but the people supporting him are neocons that don't care if he goes in and does the anti-woke stuff. Right. No, well, like, well, like they're not gonna, they're not gonna be like, oh my god, Ron, you can't challenge <laughs> the woke stuff. You know, they're gonna be like, hey, Ron, start a war with Iran. Hey, Ron. Yeah, know? yeah, they're gonna go back to the laundry list of the usual suspects. Well, no, the 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 thing it is is the neocons who like are supposedly supporting him and Mitt Romney were were the were the same ones who were like, oh my god. Ron, you're not co you're not closing down Florida. You're going to cause the next. The Democrats are right. You're going to cause the next apocalypse. You say you say Florida. what you want about DeSantis, right? And people could say a lot of things about it, um, but he uh, he he gets all of these support. But imagine if you were him and you got told that Mitt Romney o openly endorsed you. I would want to fucking die. <laughs> I, I, like, that's the last thing you God. should ever want it i'm surprised he didn't come out and say look like i, I appreciate the, the <laughs> i appreciate the intent here mitt but go fuck yourself so so, so far he's got the endorsement of of who i mean mitt romney ghost politics well ghost you know, the the repeated lot, liar besides the doomers there there is a segment of conservatives that are like trump is mean and desantis is less mean which i i disagree with actually yeah i, I think they're pretty similar it's just trump's got nicknames for people which i think is <laughs> fucking hilarious look all i'm saying meatball ron was funny and lion ted didn't hurt ted cruz right in the long run yeah. like little marco didn't ruin marco like it, it's fine oh meatball ron i he said meatball ron because that's <laughs> the tamest fucking thing he could say about him that's why well and listen uh ron desantis is a navy jack i i i talked with one of my friends who's in the navy and uh my my friend who was in the navy said yeah ron, ron probably laughed at that because navy navy guys make fun of each other all the time and call each yeah. other way worse names. if he was if look i'm gonna call it right now if he was actually offended by meatball ron he should uh retire from politics yeah he because <laughs> i don't think he was he's been all. called much no. worse by the no. corporate press oh yeah and he's actually he's actually met with fucking Trump fairly recently. They had dinner at uh, Mar-a-Lago. So like yeah. this idea. Look though, I, I'll say this: um, there's people that want DeSantis. There's people want Trump. We have a process to decide this. This idea of everybody on both sides trying to like avoid the primary is retarded. 
let's iron sharpens iron my friend let's let's do it let them fight yeah no in in my what i would like what i would like to see is like them is like DeSantis like come out and then announce i'm backing trump or something that would just blow people's fucking minds Uh, i'm just i mean do you think that ron DeSantis, if if he were to win would have the same effect that i outlined as far as baiting these people into retarded nonsense would he Uh, yes because they're gonna turn yeah he's he's gonna be the new trump like the day he wins the primary he'll be the new trump yeah so so basically I can't lose in that situation then if, no. if that is truly the case. I mean, I, I have my reservations against him in terms of policy. I, like I said, people backing him is concerning, but the primary thing that I'm excited about is that effect because that's, that is the shining like beam of hope from the whole ordeal of the well, Trump administration. It boils you, down to that people have a there's a debate in conservatism right now to be had i don't think the debate is on the issues i think it's a matter of personality i think people think trump is too abrupt or whatever um but it is a debate that people want to fucking have and we have a way to settle this shit with debates and elections and primaries and let's fucking go do you want to here's i want to get trump on the stage debating people and desantis i think would be the best possible opponent for him actually well he well Okay, let's assume that DeSantis wins the prime. Here's what no one is taught. Here's so here's the lineup I would like to see for no other reason than I think it would be entertaining as fuck. I would like to see DeSantis versus Gavin Newsom because Gavin Newsom is our is okay. Gavin Newsom is what is uh Gavin Newsom is to the Democrats what Ron DeSantis is to us on the right. Uh, that's that, okay. there's there's a reality to that. Yeah, he's definitely got his proponents. A lot of them think that Biden hasn't been far left enough. Uh, some of them are concerned about his age. Some of them are concerned, you know, uh, as Democrats, you know, and 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 it comes from an honest place and. And to think that these Democrats aren't necessarily always coming from an honest place is where a lot of people make mistakes. Sometimes right. they do. And this is one of those that a lot of Democrats are like Gavin Newsom is young blood. They think he handled COVID well. We would obviously disagree with that. But here's the, you, you know, that's their opinion, right? Do you, I, so here's my thing. I think. Um, I mean, I think. Therefore, I am. Uh, <laughs> yes, that too. Do you, I keep hearing that like I keep hearing that the Dems are going to run uh, Gavin Newsom in twenty four, regardless, because Biden's just he's too far gone. Do you think that Trump could? Trump will uh, crush Newsom. Trump will crush Biden. I think DeSantis would crush Biden. I think DeSantis Newsom would be close. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because look, if I'm, I'm going to say it like this, I don't think that 
I actually don't think DeSantis could win the presidency simply because him running against Trump is going to alienate such a large part of Trump's base. Well, right. Me, yeah. me, included. That, me included. Yeah. If he if he were to primary Trump and win, I probably won't vote for him. Interesting. And my whole my whole uh, I I will I would admonish you for that, sir. Uh, I, would, and- I would write in Trump because I'm right. I'm. I don't vote for the party. I vote for the candidate I think is best for the job. And that's always been true. I actually, uh, I agree with Max on this. Uh, if, if the primary is bad and it came down to so, it, I would, I would vote for Biden. Probably. I mean, I, I'm not, well, I, I'm, I wouldn't vote for Biden. I would just. Write him <laughs> <laughs> well, so, well, I, here, look, I would rather have Biden than, than, uh, any other Democrat, right. That I can think of except for, um, Fucking what's his name? <laughs> Who comes here? The big, you know, the big, Fetterman. Uh, yeah, Fetterman, Fetterman for president. I'd rather, I'd rather Fetterman. Uh, you know, I Who endorsed do you, him. Who do you think is more with it right now, Biden or Fetterman? <laughs> Fetterman. <laughs> so I'm so okay. I I get what you what you guys are saying about you would vote for uh, Trump out instead of the party and and listen i am not a fan of the of the gop at all because if they if they because Um, if they do a hit job on trump it's no longer my party well yeah and listen uh the republican party other than trump hasn't been my party for for a while but right and we finally took it over and i ain't willing to give it back and i think that desantis as well-meaning as he may in fact be will hand it right back because he's a career politician. Well, yeah, and, okay. and, and I think if this happens, the odds that uh, Donald Trump runs reform party so, is astronomical. D- yeah. Donald Trump. See, that's the, that's why I say, I don't think DeSantis would win because if they, if they perform this hit job on Trump, all he has to do is say, write my, he doesn't even have to actually run third party, write my name in. So, and that's going to take enough votes away to fucking swing the whole thing. Trump is the kingmaker, whether anybody likes it or not. So the so the argument that I used for Trump in 2016 uh, was essentially, and even in 2015, uh, right, was basically Andrew Breitbart's line of, I will support whoever the candidate is because they're far better. They're far better than the left and that one i understand his perspective but it was his party right and it's not my party my party is like i'm a reform party guy literally i was in the reform party in the 90s so like to me it's about trump it's about buchananism let's let's be real with like it's john bircherism it's like i you know this is barry goldwater right so like I've been that kind of new right my whole life. It's just that the new right wasn't allowed at the party. And now it is. Well, yeah. If they take it, if they, if they kick my guy out of the party and they take it back, then I will oppose that party. Well, we taking it back to Nixon. We taking it back to Goldwater in here. Yeah. Well, and see here and see, here's my whole thing because I, I am a bit, I'm a huge acolyte of, uh, Andrew Breitbart, but here's the thing about Breitbart. He died uh, really before he even reached... Right before the culture war really kicked off, yeah. I, it, I am... Absolutely I'm, tragic, by the way. I'm convinced 
A- Andrew Breitbart was the new right before the before the new right was really a thing. Oh agreed. yeah, agreed. I, mean, I, I didn't I didn't mean to like uh, demean it because I do agree with a, a Breitbart on a lot of things. Right. And I actually, and, I agree with him on that. It's just that, like I said, it was his party. It's not my party. Well, that's well, that's the whole thing, though. It could I'm be saying it could be my party, but they don't want it to be. <laughs> They've been fighting well, us. <laughs> well, no, so hard. no. I, I think we'll prevail. What what I'm saying is, I think if Breitbart, let's say, I think. Let's say that uh, Breitbart was still right. I think he'd be in the same position you were. I I think he'd be in the it's not my part. I think he would be new right now. Probably. It's, it's tough to say, but yeah, he had a lot of ideas that kind of led to new right thinking in a lot of ways. So, it, What's really interesting is that like even Rush Limbaugh was, I mean, he caught flack for... Uh, for like supporting Trump, um, you know, as early as he did, and I, I, I came, mean, on, I came on a show with the uh, with these guys. You know, we used to have on a Friday the day he came down the escalator, and I was like, "Yeah, guys, Donald Trump's the next president of the United States," and they laughed at me. But you know well, what? They they only laughed for a couple minutes because as well, as time went on and I made the case, everybody was like, "You know what?" Yeah. Let's well, you go. know, well, you know what, what matters I... for the long term is none of this like dumb conservacon fucking nonsense. It's not your tax cuts. It's not the arguments that we've been having for 30 years. Do you have a vision as to how to help the material conditions of the fucking population and solve yep. the problems necessary? And are you going to be able to create a fucking nationalistic and populistic vision that unifies people that gets people to reject this sort of woke racism and the sort of politics of the elite class the false song of globalism if you will the false song of globalism and that's what's going to matter because this old conservatism stuff is going to fade away and already has faded away from the young people um millennials are not are not increasing in conservatism at the rate the Gen X boomers and silent generation did. They're not meeting these life goals. They're not meeting the necessary conditions to sort of become like their fathers. They're upset and confused about this. The left is controlled by the elites and they have completely abandoned any semblance of like, I'm actually going to create a world that you want to live in. And the only person offering that kind of vision is Donald Trump. He's saying directly, I want to compete with China. We're going to build new cities. We're going to bring back manufacturing. We're going to provide child tax credits for you to have children because we want a baby boom. School choice now. School choice, yeah. School I mean, there's, there's yeah. a is like for me. I'll tell you this. Yeah. I, I I have one caveat to. I would not vote for Ron DeSantis. I would vote for him if he enthusiastically pushed for school choice. Uh, yeah. School choice is is universally popular across racial demographics. There there's no reason for us not to do this. Black people yeah. want it. 
because they want to get their kids out of the failing schools in the cities. Uh, white people want it because you want your kid to have the best possible fucking school, right? Yeah. There is no reason to not. And, and by the way, you know, for the libertarians, I'm not suggesting we spend any more money. Actually, I'm suggesting we spend a lot less by taking that money and, and giving it to as a voucher to the parents. This voucher says this is this is good for one year of public school of your choice. And now public school includes private school. So you could just send your kid to the private school with yep. that voucher. Everybody would take advantage of that. Everybody would would I can't see any downside of it. It costs less money. And I, I was disappointed that Trump didn't push it as like a number one, two or three issue in the last campaign, although yeah. it was part of his platform. I hope he pushes it harder this time. I hope if Ron DeSantis becomes the nominee, he pushes it. I guarantee you that if a candidate on the right supports school choice wholeheartedly and makes people aware of what that means, he will win. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, if, if, if I mean, it, so notice I say he because Nikki Haley's not going to win anything. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, so here's the whole thing about that. Like, Nikki Haley's not going to do. It isn't going to, I don't know. going to write another book though, you know, and I don't know like, if I, I'll tell you why she's there. Do you know why she's there? It's not the book. Like that's, that's her payment for it. Do you know what she's there to do? Because what women, man. Nope. Nope. Not even that. Not even that. That's part of it. Right. Women and of color and all that shit. Right. No, 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 no. The reason Nikki Haley's there at all. They know she has no chance. She knows she has no chance. Is she's going to get on a debate stage with Trump? So you watch. She's not going to drop out of this race until at least the first debate, because she's the fucking hatchet man that they're bringing in to try and fucking ruin him. Yep, that's her job. She's going to get on the debate stage, and she's going to yell gotcha questions at him. She's going to call him a racist. All this fucking shit, even though she used to work for him. Guaranteed, yeah, you're going to hear her call Donald Trump a racist in this campaign. 100% chance of that. Yeah, but the thing of it, like, the thing of it is, is she, like, okay, so here's the thing I will say about De DeSantis is if we do get DeSantis versus Trump, DeSantis will actually put up a decent fight before he loses because, um, you know. Because if he's getting into it, he wants to win. Yeah, well, yeah, and because DeSantis is actually like smart, he he's he's not like milk toast Republican. Neither, neither Trump or DeSantis, uh, DeSantis are milk toast. Uh, Nikki Haley's going to, to do like traditional GOP talking points that no one gives a that no one gives a crap about. Pompeo, nobody likes Pompeo because he's a CIA spook, and let's just. End of discussion right there. Well, um, and, and that one is, oh, well, he's a foreign policy guy, so he's going to be the hatchet man for Trump on foreign policy stuff. Like, those two are in it specifically for the debates, and then you will watch after the first, second, maybe third debate, both of them will be out of the race. Mark did, my words. Did either of you guys, like, did either of you guys by chance watch my uh, CPAC recap that I did? Uh, that was last week, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I. So, if you notice, I yawn. I I yawned during both. Uh, you know, Nikki Haley's and Pompeo. They're they're both low energy. I don't even know why they're there because there's no. 
Well, because because to be there, you have to be two things, right? You have to have a name that most Republicans uh, at least recognize, right? Nikki Haley got that. Pompeo's got that. And then two is uh, you have to be, uh, you know, willing to be the dirty work. And and that's what they're going to do. They're going to come at Trump. Maybe I, I think Pompeo is going to come at him. This is my prediction for this. Pompeo is going to come at him from a policy standpoint and, and criticize his policies and uh, harshly. And Nikki Haley is going to come at him from a personal and disparaging standpoint. I think that's why they have both of them. Both of which seem like major snore fests. Yes. Um. They, but the thing is, is you can you can almost hear the reaction, right? When she turns around on the stage and in some way, shape, or form calls him a racist, you can hear the crowd booing, can't you? Yeah, I, I, I can't. Because that's I, what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Because we're, we're not talking about like a neutral debate crowd. We're talking about a GOP debate crowd that's there to see Trump debate people. If, if, she, if she attacks him she's going to get booed out of the building but that's her that's what she's there for and then she'll write her book about how mean trump was mean to her cuz he he will be right he'll uh he'll call her like fucking traitorous nikki or some shit and um <laughs> you know but at the end of the day she don't care she'll write the book and she'll say how mean he was and oh it was horrible and his fuck and she'll get paid millions of dollars by the chinese communist party for doing it because, yeah, by the way, this is what happens with politicians, ladies and gentlemen. What happens is they write a book and then China buys a couple million copies of it. Okay. In case, what, you, in case you wondered how they get paid off by the CCP, that's exactly how it works. What about what about DeSantis, who has already re- written a book, which I, I haven't read? Could always uh, write another one and make a couple million more. I, I I have an embarrassing confession to make, which is somewhere on on the bookshelf behind me. Uh, I I do have a I do have Mitt Romney's book from two thousand twelve, and <laughs> nice. and I and I I cringe about that, but like, yeah, I I um, am so glad he did not have a chance in hell in his one presidential you know real bid because. He was the governor of my state for many years before that. And this is the guy that invented Obamacare, just to be clear. Obamacare was originally Romney care. They didn't even change most of it. They literally kept it yeah. exactly word for word the same. Also, he banned assault weapons while he was governor of Massachusetts. Very Republican of him. So, Max, that does lead an interesting question. And, and it doesn't matter now anyway, because Obama got his second term. But, like, so... I've always been curious. Do you're the one person I think might answer me honestly about this? Do you think that he would have been? Uh, do you think he would have been better than Obama or worse? We would have been, or, we would have been at war with Iran. Really? So you you think that Obama was actually the better president? Like we had to. Um. Maybe not. Well, maybe not better, but it, it depends on like in some ways. Yes. In some ways, he's he's a better president than what Romney might have been. In other ways, Romney would have been more preferable to me on some things. But he's he's a he's a leftist wearing a red fucking tie. Oh, oh yeah. I know. I know that. I'm not. It's like it? it's like our last governor, uh, Charlie Baker, Republican. Right. He was one of the worst lockdown governors in the country. 
Yeah. Well, and he was he was the only Republican governor to go along with all of the bullshit. Well, listen, my and then he didn't run for another term because he's not completely retarded. He knew that that had fucked him. I I knew I knew that I knew that oh I knew that Romney was not going to win uh, against Obama. Uh, my pick back then, even though I couldn't vote yet, was uh, was Herman Cain. I honestly would have loved to have seen two. Yeah, nine 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 deal. Rest in peace, my friend. Like, yeah, Herman Cain. Look, as an econ guy, I love Herman Cain. Okay. Yeah. No. Me. No. Me too. I. I just like the idea of like, of like two black guys, like, because the whole thing of if you didn't like Obama, you were you were racist. But like, the conservative black guy, he what he was my guy, and so it was like. Well, you can't call me racist now, motherfucker, because Herman Cain is more black than Obama is, actually. I don't know if I would call you a racist, but the fact that you have a do-rag on seems a little, (laughs) a little like black face, you know? Uh, Oh, yeah, my my jazz calf? Yeah, I, listen, I actually do Oh, the jazz calf? I mean, it looks like a do-rag on the camera. Yeah, it, it's a flat top, right? But it, it oh, is it turned it, around? It, it's no, a, no. Yeah, he it, has the headphones on over it, so it's yeah, like, it, it oh. looks like a do rag. No, but it's a flat. Okay. It's a flat cap, and uh, and here here in Florida, all the all of the brothers, as I call them, they go they go to smooth jazz clubs, and they wear the flat cap backwards. This is what uh, Bo Snurdly. Uh, Rush Limbaugh's producer. This is, this is how he wears his flat cap. Is so backwards. we found out that not only is Sam a wigger, he's a very autistic specific <laughs> type of wigger. Uh, yeah, he's imitating I, the 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 black guy who goes to the jazz club. Uh, based guy. in Sam Pilled. Yes, I I listen. I uh. Listen, rest, rest, in peace, rest in peace, Wayne Wayne Shorter, who was one of my favorite uh, saxophonists from the sixties and seventies. Yeah, he was yeah, fucking fantastic, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, um, but so yeah, I I am I am uh, culturally appropriating the backwards flat cast, <laughs> and I make no. <laughs> and I and I make and I'm and I make no apolo- and I make no apologies for it. So, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Sam, don't give a fuck if it's politically <laughs> correct to wear a backwards flat cap or not. He likes it. So, um, but yeah, but I, no, I, I think that, um, I think that opening up yourself to new guests. Is going to be uh, very interesting. Um, yes, I think that if we can get the lineup that I'm trying to get, it's really going to bring something to your show. Um, it's I been going you... well so far. I have to say. Yeah, yeah I mean, I-, I want you to have some like discussions with like no- not notable people, but just like noteworthy people. You know, interesting people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I have some lined up from like to. Tr- I, I'm trying to get you out of your comfort zone because what I think is, I think Sam's a really good interviewer, and so yeah. I think. Uh, 
I think we could just get anybody in there and, and have if they're an interesting person, magic happens. Listen, I uh, you know I think we we had Craig Mansfield. Uh, you know he was pretty interesting. We we've got we've got Kurt Doolittle uh, coming on Wednesday, which will be fun and funny. I I I already like the guy since he likes uh, falling down. So um, yeah, yeah, he had a poll today about the uh, the movie to watch during the collapse, and he had put up three, and I was like falling down, and so he deleted his tweet and redid the poll just to have falling down in the poll. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh shit, I forgot that one." As as much as I uh, think that Gavin, as much as I think Gavin McGinnis is a Canadian grifter, uh, piece of shit who who drunkenly screamed at me once for having cerebral palsy. Um, I do appreciate the fact that Gavin McGinnis's whole, for a while at least, his whole like getup was playing Michael Douglas uh, from falling down. So that was interesting. Well, it's one of those movies, right, that you don't get it until you're out in the rat race and then it hits way too hard. Uh, yeah. that's, that's what I love about that film is like, it's so relatable that they stopped serving breakfast three minutes ago. Right. And, and kind of yeah. how you, how you wish you could handle the situation and just tell them the fuck off. Right. Yeah. Um, there, there's a definite power of fantasy in the movie. Even if you took out the violence, of course, if you took out the violence, it's not really much of a movie. Doesn't he, doesn't he like end up committing? Uh, it's been forever since I've seen that movie. Doesn't he end up like committing suicide in the end or something? I, I, I think the cop shoots him. Oh, yeah. That maybe it was like an alternate ending I, I saw or something. Cop shoots um, him. And he goes, I was the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. He says, I was yeah. the bad guy. Yeah. 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 It, 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 but it is it is a, a film, if you haven't seen it, audience, I highly recommend, that really kind of speaks to that kind of alienated white guy attitude that is so ahead of its time. I, I don't think Falling Down is a movie for 1995, I believe, or whenever it came out. I think Falling Down is a movie for fucking 2022. 2023 yeah, there are yeah there are definite like like even even true even true detective at least the first season was what kind I... of was kind of ahead of its time albeit only five years but yeah like the harvey weinstein thing My that was favorite scene of that film is the thrift store thrift store owner I was when just going like, to say, because that scene with the with the, the Nazi thrift shop owner is more something you'd see today. That wasn't a like a conversation you would have expected in the mid 90s. They had a conversation that sounded more like 2017 fucking 4chan. Yeah, he's I'm you. I'm you and me are the same. You know, yeah, like, oh, shit, which is exactly like the Nazi tactic, isn't it? They always yeah. want to like they want to get. They want to get their garbage on you. Like they have to get it on you, so that you stink too. Uh, I mean, I mean, Apocalypse Now is, I mean, another film that I mean, Apocalypse Now kind of 
goes in cycles, I guess. But like, yeah, well, this one... yeah, war films is one thing, but the, the alienation of just like a regular, you know, middle class dude is not something we see expressed in, in such a dramatic fashion as Michael Douglas in Falling Down nowadays, because like that's the last thing a woke corporate Hollywood would ever make, right? I'm surprised they haven't called to ban the fucking movie. <laughs> well, now that it's on this show, they probably fucking will. Um, <laughs> yeah, we get we get so. falling down fucking banned. That would be uh, I'd be OK with that. I have a copy. It's fine. I mean, yeah. They're uh, I mean, P- People need people need to stop. Here's the other thing: people need to stop freaking out about the zombie apocalypse. It's not going to fucking happen, folks. Aww. I I know I know everyone just finished watching the last the last of us, but that 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 game was cool ten years ago. I it's it's good as a game. I'm Should so not- glad I missed that because now I can miss the show and not feel like I've missed anything. I mean, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like zombie anything, but like, as far as that goes, I mean, it, it was, I'm more excited for the return of Yellowstone than I am for, you know, I honestly, uh, like, I might be a bit of a hipster, but there's very little modern um, film or television I watch at all, unless you count uh, wrestling with my son. Yeah, no, me me too. Me All, well, most most my most my films are most my films are like eighties and nineties uh, films that I love, and I mean Taxi Driver even too from the seventies. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit of a like a like a fifties sixties like kind of guy, and the reason for that is um, the average like writing uh, grade level in the fifties and sixties on television was something like eighth or ninth grade. And now it's actually second grade. Yeah. I mean, there's, I'm not disagreeing with you on that at all. Uh, It's it's the same thing musically. Like people say like music has gotten worse over the years. And one way you could kind of objectively prove that conclusion is uh, the fact that, um, it does suck. <laughs> it does suck. But uh, it's... Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. Well, I, I think revisiting uh, some of the classic films from my childhood has been worth it, right? Like Shrek. It also speaks of alienation, right? Like in its simplest uh, form. No, you know, he's an onion. He's got layers. I... Yeah. Well, he's, he's socially, emotionally, and physically fucking isolated. Yeah. Uh, he has to live in a swamp. And uh, and he but, and he likes it because yeah. like like uh, Shrek is actually a tale of stoicism in my opinion at least to begin with uh, his stoicism of accepting his swamp lifestyle and and learning to love it is then interrupted by what he was missing the whole time uh, but through his stoicism he's able to seize upon the opportunity. Yeah, well, he goes out. It's, it's kind of a hero's journey, and he's kind of like doesn't even know why he needs to go on the hero's journey but at the end he realizes that like he built a family that loves him and like met friends and stuff along the way i mean it's a very very simple tale 
and then he wants in in, in subsequent movies he wants to go back to that like he misses it uh because it was a simpler time Uh, i've only seen the first one i i will i will recommend the second one not the third one okay the second the second one's pretty good yeah um look i got a seven-year-old i've seen them all okay <laughs> yeah no no i'm sure you have also this, this... highly recommend children's movies highly recommend because it's worth watching as an adult honestly and truly the first minions movie well i i just want to say it's very funny just to finish the thought that um i think shrek stories offers a powerful message of inclusivity and acceptance that is just as relevant today as when the film was released yeah Okay, chat GPT. <laughs> um, this is hilarious. I'm, I just looked up uh, falling down on iTunes. I I don't own it surprisingly, but do you want to guess what the uh, what what movie is in the related column, ne- right next to it under related films? I I wouldn't even have a fucking idea. What is it? Uh, it's 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 Nick Fuentes' favorite movie. I wouldn't uh, know what that is. The, the joke. Oh my god, the the Joker. Oh yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah, a great. I guess, I guess that's related because it also deals with alienation. Yeah, and also, and they oh wonder why it was successful, huh? Oh my god, I I I forgot that Robert Duvall isn't falling down. Okay, that's. That's um reason enough for me to watch it again is Robert Duvall. I'll tell you me. if you watch it again now, when's you probably not watch in a few years, right? The the dialogue it's been like 10. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Dude, the dialogue will grab you by the throat in that film right now. You'll be like, "Holy shit. How how is this a movie from the 90s? You know, how how are they writing about all this?" It's it's really good. I don't know. I I could glow about fucking falling down all day, and I, I'm not a big movie guy, but that's a good I one. I could glow about uh, Lonesome Dove. Uh, fair, fair. Which, <laughs> we, I mean, back before everything was a, a mini series, because now we have mini like everything as a mini series. But back when mini series were actually good, that that was a that's like one of the great epic western western so um but yeah so um anything i I know that max you probably have to get to bed or you know tuck your kid in or something but uh anything else gentlemen i i know uh shmuley you and i have kurt on uh wednesday yeah well we can announce the uh merchandise Oh yeah, we're selling we're selling ten paintings that have been done by Sam himself, and each of them will be signed, so you know that's real with uh, his name, his address, and his social security number. There will only be five ever made in existence. Yeah, uh, based, <laughs> based. Yeah, I'll buy one. <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, shut up and take my money um i you know aside from all this other shit like you gotta you gotta unwind too that's why we're talking movies or games earlier on 
It's like you can't be in the grind of this fight all day, every day. If you get to doom scrolling, um, it's usually really bad for your mindset. And so in, in honor of that, I just picked up a, a Steam Deck and uh, I've been having a lot of fun with that this week. Um, oh, oh yeah, I wanted I wanted to ask you about that. How how is the Steam Deck? I've been debating whether or not to uh, to get one. Do you like to tinker? Ah, uh, uh, yeah, I I do. Uh, then it's worth it. If if you don't, you know, if if it's uh, because like I I went to town the other day on it. I have um, almost, I don't know if you can even see the screen, but I have like thousands of emulators or your emulated games from everything i have switch games on here all the way to like nes and i got a whole bunch of fucking games it runs triple a games at like either 60 or you know some of the higher end games you can set them to like 40 frames per second um it's really comfortable it's a full linux operating system you can install windows on it they let you open it up if it breaks if you're into that kind of thing so yeah, I I would recommend it if you're the kind of person that likes computer games, tinkering and like tech shit, which is me. I should have bought it a year ago, but I didn't want to wait when they were um sending them out in batches, so I waited till now. Yeah. Also, I will say I got the the cheapest one because I you know, the the bigger ones have bigger hard drives. Uh I got the $400 one it has 64 gig uh, built in, but you can just replace that. So um and and the cheapest one it came with a fucking case and it's a nice case usually you know handheld consoles don't come with a case yeah no that that's what i've heard i i miss i used to have a psp back in 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 the day and that's kind of what i was into because like i liked tinkering with the psp right i i was all into hacking and fucking yeah homebrew i saw this as like a psp on steroids Made by Valve, who's my favorite gaming company. So, dude, back back in the day, uh, I had Winamp on my PSP, and that's and that's how I discovered like Alex Jones in two thousand seven or two thousand eight. And like at the yeah. time, at the time, I was still like a a Bush fan, so like it kind of made me a bit mad. He was thinking that nine eleven was an inside job which I still don't think is the case, but uh, mainly because I think Bush, I think Bush is too stupid to uh, actually cover anything up and have it not like be revealed. But let me see how it looks. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the bottom. So it covers it up, but yeah, you can just turn it into a, a desktop mode and then it's a full Linux desktop PC. It's even got like a start menu and all that shit yeah um it like you can a netflix spotify all that shit you can install on it too you can browse the web with it it's got the track pads that act as fucking my i i don't know yeah i i love it and i figured it'd be a good chance to kind of humble brag that i got one i highly Ooh. highly recommend if you're into tinkering in pc gaming uh valve valve doesn't miss i mean so the thing is, I'm weird because I don't love to tinker. Like, it's not a thing, but, like, I will tinker, even so, if, if it makes sense. The, the tinkering isn't... 
high high level shit there's a lot of like plugins and sh- so what i mean by tinkering is let's say you put a game in and it's not running really well there's a lot of settings um uh, you know you can set the the wattage that the battery is putting out so maybe you give it more wattage you can um do all little things like that to try and get the best frame rate possible but also and this is one of the coolest things is there's a plugin because of course there is because it's steam right so everything's a mod and a plugin there's a plugin where you can take the settings that you have in a game that work for you and you can save them and share them with everybody else and so really all i have to do now is click on the saved profile somebody else made and then it'll make the game run like that um and they've sold over a million of them so it's actually surprising to me how many games are uh working and valve has a verification system because not every pc game ever made is going to work on the steam deck right um and so they have like a check mark if it like works perfectly they have like a little yellow icon if it's playable but there's some issues and then they have like ones that haven't even been tested yet they make it really easy do you think they're going to come out with like a v2 uh version of they just announced this actually last week that yes they will not for many years uh because although there are more powerful handhelds already on the market uh most of them are in china and the reason that they exist at all is because they can't get the steam deck in china so they made a bunch of like windows knockoff handhelds that are more powerful than the Steam Deck, but it turns out that doesn't actually matter because this is not running at 1080p. It is 720p widescreen. Now you might think, oh, it's a lower resolution. That's not bad. First of all, it's a small fucking screen. Uh, but yeah, well, it's seven. It's it's big for what it is. It's a seven inch screen, but it's not like a fucking big TV. And um and uh 720p or it's like i say 800 because it's um 19 by 10 instead of uh, i'm sorry 16 by 10 instead of 16 by 9 whatever nerd shit um essentially being a lower resolution it makes it a lot easier to run older games so they don't need to make a new one not for a while i'm not like super high on like frame i mean like i i notice them uh, but like it's not like a deal i have yet to right. play a game on here that run under 30 so um, they all they all run at least 30 and yeah. most of the time you can actually set the screen's refresh rate to 40 and so you lock the game at 40 fps and the screen is it for it like it's beautiful it works great sorry i don't know i meant to nerd out no, well, no, I'm, no. I, I nerded I'm, out about econ. Now I'm going on about my Linux handheld, like some well, kind of. <laughs> well, listen, you know me. I, Sorry, I'm I, back. I, I was and, just telling Chat GPT to make rap battles for me. And the the audience ought to know this by now. I'm I'm a I'm a bit of a nerd to know. My my question was, I don't want to buy one and then have it be like fucking obsolete. No, um, no. They, they, that they that's the reason they put out that statement. They said that it's possible that they might make a model with a bigger battery or they might make a model with a nicer screen, but even that they're not looking at for a couple of years. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's basically they want it to be a standardized thing in PC gaming so that like developers can just say, Oh, well let's make the steam deck version now. 
like they do with consoles. That's kind of the idea. They know this is a closed system. They know what the processor is. They know what the graphics is. They know what the fucking memory is. It's not a surprise. Um, that's the problem with optimization in a lot of PC games is everybody's PC is different. Yeah. Even if they have the same literal physical parts in them, sometimes, sometimes uh, it's just like the difference in a silicon that it just performs differently, right? Like it's kind of the, the beauty and also the curse of tech shit. I've also like been digging really deeply into like a lot of how they do the graphics APIs because interestingly enough, again, I'm going nerd. I'm going full nerd then. You gave me permission. Interestingly yeah. enough, most of the games on it do not run on Linux. They are Windows games, but Valve worked in conjunction with uh, the, the company that makes a thing called Proton. Proton is essentially a Windows core emulator. So they've made it so good that these games run perfectly fine on fucking Linux, even though they're not a Linux game, which is like, yeah, yeah I'm a so... tech guy. That's, that's what I do. Right. That's my thing. I'm a tech guy, uh, hardware specifically. And so for me, this is like nerd get some shit. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you, if you remember the, uh, era, like around 2000, like 12 when net, when fucking netbooks were a thing, but, um, I had one and it ran fucking Windows XP, but it could barely even run that. So I actually, I can't believe I did this successfully because I had no idea what I was doing. It was just complete idiot, idiot's luck. But I installed uh, Ubuntu onto the netbook and Ubuntu had like a similar thing where you, where like, it had a patch where you could run like Windows programs on it if you had right. to. The, the Wine emulator. Uh, Proton is is basically based off of that because everything with Linux is open source. Um, interestingly enough, I, it just popped up. I had a Steam OS update because this is actually running Steam OS, which is right. a, a version of Arch Linux. But interestingly enough, it says right here, uh, this is this is how crazy this little fucking handheld gaming thing is. Uh, Ray tracing is now available in Doom Eternal. And I've seen people running Doom Eternal with ray tracing on at fucking 40 FPS on this thing, which is crazy. Uh, well, it, 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 it won't even run that good on a fucking PS5. <laughs> why would you want to why would you want to run uh ray tracing on such a small device that Be seems because I can. No, actually, if I were to play Doom Eternal, like I'd turn it on just to be like, oh, look at the cool ray tracing. But the fact of the matter is the higher your settings are and the more performance you're using, the worse your battery life is going to be. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. But for me, that's not actually a big issue because I mostly got it just to fuck around around the house. Like I'm sitting here in my office and this is where I mostly do my fucking PC gaming, <laughs> which is my primary platform. And I was just like, you know what? If I had a Steam Deck, I could go just lay up on the couch or lay in my bed and play all the same games. I don't have to sit I, in my office chair an extra few hours a day. So I annoy. So uh, you know, at, we we started off the podcast talking about how Agaba, you know, talks at Race and Lagoon all the time. I I annoyed that poor guy to death because every single 
show, I would talk how Sony Sony missed a big fucking opportunity. They got out of the handhold handheld uh, you know business too early because the P- the PSP was awesome. The Vita, the Vita, it wasn't that it was a bad device. It was marketed poorly. Um, the fact that they never came out with a handheld in conjunction with the PS5 is Fuck a big the Vita, problem. dude. The Vita, I wanted the Vita to be cool. Sony did their Sony shit where they're like, oh, it's got a proprietary storage system. It's like, well, then fuck you. That's I, cringe. I never had the Vita. It was so. like $40 for a 5 gigabyte SD card because it was different than other SD cards. Yeah, yeah. The proprietary storage shit's annoying. Luckily with yeah. this, yeah. I was going to say, um, I, I mentioned the fucking hard drive on this. Now, the 64 gig model, obviously 64 gig for gaming is like not enough. What, it, what does it do? Oh, it's got micro SD. So you could just put in a micro SD. You can actually install Windows on the micro SD and run Windows on here. Just off a of micro SD and, and play all yeah. your PC. It's fucking crazy. Like the shit you could do with it. I, I spent all day yesterday setting up my emulators just so that I could play like, by the way, it plays Breath of the Wild better than Switch does. Not surprised. Yeah, yeah, it's well. I mean, Switch is what five years old at this point. It it plays all Switch games better than Switch does, pretty much, or at least all the ones that it plays. Not every game is compatible. Yeah, it's it's uh, fucking hilarious. Yeah, I uh, I've gushed enough about it. You asked if I recommend highly, highly. Actually, I think even if you're not a tinkerer, if you have a good Steam library, it's worth it. <laughs> I which I don't. Which I don't, admittedly, but this might give me motivation to uh, get us. Well, the good thing to... too is like the Steam sales are fucking legendary. Plus, if if you come join yeah. us in the PC Master Race, I probably have some games I could uh, throw your way. No, I mean I I, I have a Steam I have a Steam account and I do have some games. Uh, right, right. I'm just saying I could help. I could help build. Yeah. I, a matter of fact. I have such a large list of giveaway <clears throat> codes that we should be giving away fucking games here, man. I I would be I would be down I would be down for that. Um, I, you know, if anybody has stayed with us, and look, it's been three the whole time, so somebody might have. Uh, if you've stayed with us tonight, next time, if I see enough people in chat, I'm going to drop free Steam codes for good games. I can tell you some of the games I have keys for. Ready? Um, mm. anybody want SpongeBob uh, Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated? That's a $30 game. Anybody want um, Expeditions Viking uh, Endless Space 2 Super Hot? Uh, a whole bunch more. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order Lego Marvel Dusk. Oh no, I gave the Dusk key away. I'm sorry, I actually gave Dusk key away. About a month ago, the long dark, this war of mine, on and on and on. I got a whole bunch of games, and if we get a bunch of people in one chat, it doesn't matter which one. If you prefer Rumble, you prefer Odyssey, whatever. If I see the chat popping off, I'm gonna give you all free games. And if, uh, yeah, you know, I used to do uh, Audible uh, giveaway credits, uh, way back what back when Audible used to do podcasts partnerships which i don't think they do anymore 
which is sad. Yeah, but, I'd love. Uh, I mean, hey, if anybody wants us to do ad reads, uh, you know, I used to do it professionally. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I well, I used to do ad, ad reads semi professionally as well. So yeah, yeah. If anybody wants to sponsor the show, you know, mostly for uh, mostly for the podcast, but um, you know, that's uh, that's always good. So, um. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, free fucking Steam games, ladies and gentlemen, for live shows if you chat. How can you how can you beat that? Right. You get Sam's smiley face, some interesting conversations, and a chance to win free shit. What's better than the fucking Whitfield report? Am I right? Is that a rhetorical question? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, because I know <laughs> if I say no. All right, we got anything else, Sam? <laughs> uh, no, just uh, you know, Kurt Doolittle will be here on uh, Wednesday. Follow oh. at follow at Kurt Doolittle on Twitter. Oh, one thing I do want to announce, actually, while we're here, I have to look up the date. Uh, but as most people by now who are familiar with the show may know, and if you're not familiar. Uh, March 25th is the day when I initially launched my very first podcast all those years ago. So I consider that my podcasting anniversary. Uh, and we always do a show, or I've always done a show uh, on that day. But since it's a Saturday, I'm thinking of doing a show on the 24th of March. So if, if anyone... I don't know if we'll do a call-in show or what, but we're but we're gonna it's gonna be a super show, spectacular. Fifteen years, we gotta do it big. Look, I'm gonna talk to some people. Okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna make that fun. This, you know, we that's, we that's might amazing. We might we might get some people to come back. A lot of people are wondering how Apex Game is doing. He's doing well, but you know, I might be able to convince him to come to come back and maybe yeah. pull. A, Maybe pull a cousin Vinny and bum out the uh, audience. <laughs> well, I'm think, I'm thinking bigger than that, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe uh, you know. Maybe I just don't want to say my ideas. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want. I don't. Yeah, uh, magician doesn't give away their trick, right? Not, neither do neither do I. Although you know, if if you if you follow me on Twitter, you might have an idea of who some of who some of my guests are. But I get hit. But you know, and that's why eyes. that's why I gotta come with shit that surprises even you, right? <laughs> yeah. But uh anyway, folks, uh thanks for tuning in. Uh look out for the Kurt Doolittle uh interview. Again, we're gonna be pre-recording that, although I will drop that at the regular showtime, which is 9 p.m. Eastern. So sick. Uh, be on the lookout for that. I'm looking forward to it. And other than that, have a good week, folks. And we'll talk a jet down the road. Thanks to Max. And, uh, you know, thanks also to Shmuley for coming uh, on. Either it, Do either of you gentlemen have anything to plug? I do. I do have a new, uh, I do new cringing over coffee. Going to do the dice golden thing that I've been promising and putting on for so long coming probably this week uh, as well. Um, 
one thing is is not a plugging anything or a recommendation, but considering the banking news of the day, I want to end on this note. Ladies and gentlemen, do not bank with mega banks like Webster and Bank of America. Go find yourself your local federal credit union and thank me later. Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a good idea for sure. Alrighty, folks, we'll see you Wednesday. And uh, oh, Shmuley, I did you have end the fucking show? What's wrong with you? All right, alrighty. Well, I was just checking. No, don't end so. it because it's making him uncomfortable. You said goodbye for like the last three fucking minutes. <laughs> How yeah. many times can you say goodbye and then have another caveat and then go on and on and on? How many fucking We can do this all gonna, night, motherfucker. Are you going to do this fucking rigmarole, dude? I'm done with it. You, you, ask, you ask like the answer isn't all night, right? <laughs> We, we 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 can keep going, but we won't. So see you Wednesday, folks. So long for now. Yeah, I've been sharing the hell out of this fucking video. And I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening to The Whitfield Report on the NGC Network. Please visit Sam's website at www.thesamwhitfield.com and support Sam on Patreon at patreon.com slash Report. Until next time, God bless, God save this great nation, and God, freedom, legacy, in that order. <laughs>